Talk Radio. Thank you, James. Thank you, Ash. It's Monday evening. It's uh, isn't it humid? It's very close, as my mother would say. It's horrible. It's neither sunny nor rainy, but it's very, very damp on the old forehead. Busy show this evening, um, uh, including uh, we, we, well, there's a very funny book that me and Kath have been chuckling at before the show. I will give you details of that uh, after the news at ten. You're listening to Talk Radio across the UK, online and on DAB. Get an earful of unusual nocturnal emissions with radio's Lord of Misrule, Ian Lee. No relation, thank God. Unfiltered Night Talk with the original king of unconventional conversation. Late Night Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Oh yes, dear listener, good evening. It is Monday evening, it's ten o'clock and it's just, the weather is, I, I, you know, I don't know. It's, uh, it's hot and it's humid and it's thoroughly unpleasant. We need a blooming good thunderstorm to clear the air. That's what we need, and I've been saying that for the last two weeks. It ain't coming. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Busy show uh, today. We've got some more. Another contestant from the show that I just can't stop watching. Naked and afraid is the most insane show, and I love it. But 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 before that, um, we have uh, Tom Jackson in. Well, t- now Tom, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna call you an author, but. I- have you really authored this book? Well, it, yeah, you make a good point. I'm probably a bit of a fraud, really. Well, I, wouldn't, the- I would never introduce you as a fraudster. <laughs> now we have fraudster Tom Jackson coming in. <laughs> not convicted. But, uh, no, the words in the book are not written by me. They're all taken from other people's postcard messages. Um, but what I've done is sifted <laughs> through a lot of very dull cards. Yeah and found the ones that have bits of interesting messages in them. Yeah. And then taken just the interesting bit. Yeah. And put that in the book with a picture. It's it, and it it really is that simple. Some of you'll be at home scratching your head, going, "Um," but it's 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 that simple. You you've got loads of followers on Twitter. What's what's your Twitter handle? Because people might have spotted you on there. Yeah, at past postcard. Right. So and you've got about forty five thousand followers. How long have you been doing that for? That, about 15 months. Okay. Yeah, wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so the book is, it is delightful. If you're watching on Periscope, I am holding up the book now. It's slightly larger than a postcard. And it really is that simple. You flick through. It's one of those delightful books. You can kind of just flick through it. Um, <sighs> oh, God. And then here's a really old postcard. It looks, it looks like there's a, you can even see the postmark on there. It looks like 59 or something. It's in black and white. And the message underneath, and this is taken from the back of the postcard. All real, all real. Sorry I've not written before, but I am terribly lazy. And that's it! <laughs> and it's brilliant! It's brilliant! I was saying, we, we just met as you came in. And um, wh- what I love about this, in an age of cynicism and meanness, where everything, you know, to get retweets and likes and all of those things that are not important, um, th- there has to be kind of a tone and an edge. And what is delightful about the Twitter feed and this book is that there is no tone. There's no... Weren't people stupid in the old days? There's none of that. It's it's charming. It's just charming. Let me pick another one at random, because I like this. <laughs> well, there are two. One's very topical, and one is... Um, uh, okay, one is a beautiful scene of a, a, a mountain and a lake. And out of context, these probably don't work, but trust me, it's brilliant. The weather has been good, except for when we got struck by lightning. <laughs> and the other one, pictures, a picture of Big Ben and the Houses of Parliament. There are times when I'm not proud to be British, which I think is uh, is very apt. 
Well, how did you start doing this? What was the... What was the, well, the... I was mucking about, looking at Twitter. I was, I, I was in the office, not much going on for a couple of days, which happens. What do you do for a real job? Is it top secret? No, I make commercials. Okay, I right, okay. So I was waiting for stuff to come back from a client, and I was kind of between bits. Yeah. And I was looking at Twitter, and I'd looked at it a bit, and I thought, this is quite interesting. And I like the fact that it's concise. Yeah. I like things that are short messages. And, um... I thought the things that seem to be effective on Twitter tend to have a picture. People mm. like pictures. And they tend to have not too many words. Mm. Well, you can't have too many words. You only have 140 characters. I think so, yes. So I thought this is a bit like postcards. Yeah. So I popped a couple up. And I realised very quickly I couldn't put the whole message up. That, that became apparent because yeah. you only got 140 characters. Is it 140? I think it, I think it is. They t- there was a big furore recently because there was, there was talk of upping it. Yeah. And, uh, but I think they kept it at 140. Yeah, thank goodness. Thank goodness. Yeah. That would have been awful. Um, so I found I could, I could only put a few bits of the message on, but I realised that was actually a big strength because by isolating just a certain bit, yep. it just made the bit, whether it was odd or funny or touching, it made it odder and funnier and touchinger. It does, and it works. And I I don't follow you because I don't follow many people because I don't really like Twitter. I follow about 31 people and yeah, most of them yeah, are members yeah, of the monkeys. Yeah, oh, yeah. Don't, don't take it yeah. personally. Um, I'd only follow you and mute you, as I have done with some people. Um, but, but lots of people that, um, that I know, and a couple of people that I do follow, have kind of taken this to heart, and they've retweeted it. I think Kathy Burke's retweeted Kathy Burke a has, few. yeah, yeah, I know that you're a big fan of Danny Baker, he's been very yeah, kind to Yes, me. he has, yeah, yeah that's yeah, yeah. it, uh, at Prodnosis, and, and so they, they pop up in my timeline, and they always, um, they always make me chuckle, you know, it's, it's, uh, I mean, this is my favourite one in the book, and I'm not going to read too many, because I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it for exactly. you. Exactly. But this is my favourite one, this is the last one I'll do from the book. It's a picture of a peer somewhere. It could be anywhere. I don't really recognise my British peers. Oh, it's Bournemouth, it says under <laughs> There we go, you see. I don't recognise my British peers unless they're labelled, and even then I struggle. The peer Bournemouth. Bournemouth. Paul and Graham have been fined for biting cats in the legs. I mean, what wonderful days they were. <laughs> I, I think one of the things that seems to work is that, um, and it's something that I like, is that they pose more questions they? than they answer. Yeah. And quite a lot of stuff... Um, on Twitter, and even a certain number of kind of humorous uh, books, kind of spell things out to you so you know exactly what what they're getting at. Yeah, I like to make people work a little bit harder, and, and I like you. the um, I like the ambiguity. Yeah, it can go any way you like. As a, as a reader, you can pe- people do. We have a lot of people. You've probably seen it on Twitter. People kind of try to complete the story. Yeah, um, which is great, and it's amazing, and it's flattering. At the same time, I actually think the stories are complete. Yeah. I don't think they need any more. I like I like the vagueness. But uh, but it's great that people interact and kind of build up their own little weird narratives. Do you still send postcards when you go away? Yeah, I do. I, I, really? Well, one of the things that's happened is people keep saying, oh, it's great, you're bringing back postcards. How marvellous. Yeah. And I must admit, I hadn't really noticed that they'd gone away. Right. Um, but they clearly have, more or less. I think they have. The only person I will send a postcard to is my mum, because she would always tell me off, always tell me off if I went away and didn't send her a postcard. Isn't it weird? I find postcard writing, well, it takes, the, the buying, getting the stamp and writing it, there's three minutes. But I find it such a faff. Oh. I really find it such uh, an I think effort. The bu- it's the business of finding finding where you're allowed to buy stamps. If you're abroad, yes. where do you get stamps from? Yes. Is it only a post, post office? One to England, yeah, it's yeah, that, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. But I think one of the nice things about postcards mm. is because you have to sit and write them, even if you're dashing them off, yeah. you do have to think 
at least for a split second about the person you're sending them to. Yeah. And one of the things I've found with these old cards is they are very thoughtful. Mm. They spend quite a lot of, uh, of the space asking how people are, making sure they're okay, making sure their pets are okay. Yes, there's lots of, uh, I hope you're looking after the cats and feeding the yeah, yeah. dogs Yeah, and they can well. come out very strangely when they, when they say, you know, I hope... Um, I hope Susie isn't misbehaving or whatever. And, of course, it, it means the dog, but you don't know that. In a way, they are kind of like the old-fashioned Twitter, because what you were is you had a letter and you could write as many pages as you wanted, unless unless you were writing airmail. Do you remember airmail in the 70s? You get the thinnest paper that was at all because of the, the way. But but with, with a postcard, you are stuck to the back of that tiny little bit of card and so you have to be brief and so quite often there are you know there are words missing from the sentences i think some people uh, something i've noticed on cards from maybe the early to mid 60s Mm. they're still thinking of telegrams okay yeah so they they even write in capitals with dots between the words like a telegram but also that whole thing of leaving you say leaving out words as a sort of shorthand um which really to be honest the trick with writing a postcard get a sentence and write the whole thing on there, then yeah. the job's done. Yeah. And, and big writing, I would recommend. <laughs> Where do you get them from? you going around flea markets and things. Yeah, all the places you'd expect. So, you know, charity shops, junk shops, um, flea markets. And also I have a certain number of people who supply me with bulk cards. Have you got dealers? You've got postcard yeah, dealers? Yeah, there are people who look I don't know you. if we've mentioned the name of the book. We should do Postcard from the Past uh, by Tom Jackson. I've tweeted a, a link to it earlier, and I'll tweet it again um, b- before uh, before 11 o'clock. Um, it, it is a joy. It's one of those things you can you can sit and do it all in one go, and it wouldn't take you particularly long. Or it's just one of those books you can have lying around, and you can just flick through it. You've bought you've brought some postcards with you, Tom. Yeah, I don't know what they're all like. I haven't looked at them, but we can have a look. Is this this is from your ample? Have you got like a room full of postcards? Your family well, are, one room. Oh my God, no, really? no. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, there are a few, and yeah, I mean, they're mainly in the garage. Right. Okay. Really. That's that's. But they creep in at night. I think they creep in, and um, because you need a few in front of you when you're when yeah. you're thinking, and you need a few because you'll flick. You know, it's like um, well, it's like a sort of very bad card game because mm. you're throwing a lot of them away all the time. But then, well, you compared them out? to the I Ching just before we came on air, saying I've brought a selection and yeah. it's best to pick them at random. Yeah, as though they, they, I think they pick you. You know, the, the, you, you, some of them have messages that sing to you, and, and, and a huge number don't most yeah. of them are really really boring yeah if people are thinking that they can go to a charity shop and pick up a card and it's going to be hilarious then that's great yeah but it do- i don't i haven't found it works that way what's the ratio of, of of good ones to bad ones would you say it's it's like one to 35 or 40 wow. yeah wow you know you'll stand a slip occasionally on twitter nothing slips for the book <laughs> the book is it, it's all hits on it's, there guys it's the yeah, greatest it's vintage hits. vintage postcards um and yeah. it, it is delicious go on let's shall I, yeah, do, have a look. Do, I, do, do I just pick one by the front well, or? I, well i look at the back the front comes later okay all right well, well um, you may find nothing there i mean you also need to kind of get your eye in for the handwriting which can be pretty hard to read well yeah, this is it because um the, the, uh, uh, well yeah a lot of this handwriting is um is uh, here we go let's, let's see with this 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 is to uh mrs hood oh don't uh, say the name oh is that top secret oh i'd never say that right name. the name that one's mrs. gone then. Hood will be so upset that one's gone that's gone yeah, definitely. Um, it was Mrs. Hoof. It's okay. It's okay. Mrs. Yeah. Mrs. Hood's gone, I never received a postcard. Uh, I'm sure you will recognise recognize this picture. We stayed here Saturday. D, B and B 
nearly needed a second mortgage, but lovely. Three exclamation marks after mortgage. Oh, that's quite good. So far, beautiful sunshine, now at Dunbar, and making for home. That's quite nice. Yeah. P.S., yeah. now in Moffat. Um, it's, it's quite a dull picture of a... Stately home. Stately home. But what a sky. Look at the colour of that. That sky is... That is as blue as it gets. (laughs) That is pretty, uh, (laughs) pretty amazing. Do you ever, um, do you ever get in touch with the people that these are addressed to? No, I haven't. And people, people, you're not the first person to ask something similar to that. And people say, does does anyone ever say that that was my card? Um, people do that a lot in a a humorous way. Yeah. It's something like, you know, we were so drunk. Oh, that could have been you. Yeah. But actually, um... I'm pretty keen people don't do that. Right. And and I I have been known, if the cars are sort of beyond nineteen ninety, to change a name because I don't want to embarrass anyone. Um, yeah. it's it, it's not about that. The idea is the cars are kind of what what we think. The, the thing the thing the thing there's a few messages that you kinda of learn from this book. One is that some things were different thirty or forty years ago, yeah. obviously. Some obvious sort of facts of mechanisms of life but actually the stuff people were concerned about is exactly the same as we're concerned about now it's it's wanting to have a nice time with people we care about in nice places with nice weather i'm being quiet because i'm reading these um had a long dreary journey but no (laughs) hitches apart from traffic jams that's what you want from a postcard isn't it that's a great one the one thing you get a lot in the cars from the 60s and 70s which you don't get so much now is cars breaking down Ah, cars used to yeah, be terrible yeah and and people are very stoic about it and they say oh well apart from the exhaust falling off it was a pretty good journey <laughs> well, you know that's pretty they, good they i remember an exhaust falling off on a journey and my dad knocking on a door to get some string yeah, 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 and he tied right. the exhaust back on yeah. that's fantastic Go on, have you got any uh, any uh, good oh, ones in your in your pile it's a fun game why do postcards end up in charity shops well i think people Funnily enough, since you ask, people have collected postcards from the very first day postcards were produced, which was the end of the 19th century. Yeah. They were, because they're pretty pictures. Yeah. So people always collected them. And I think people hold on to them. And if you're sent one by a relative, you hold on to it. It's a nice thing to have. But then you take it to a charity shop. I suppose some people can't bear throwing it away. Well, yes. Or they're dead. I think. There we go. Thank you. Uh, May and Willie are well. There you go, since you ask. Still no news of Claire, but I expect we will hear soon. Oh, Claire. We hope to make a day trip to Denmark one day. <laughs> oh, I love yeah. it. It's sad, isn't it? Or it is. It is. Um, oh, gosh, this is, uh, this is great. I used to march the troops up to this church during the war. Wow, Look wow. At, that's fantastic. So there's sort of double nostalgia. There's nostalgia for that card, and yes. then they're nostalgic for a previous age. That's incredible. Where is that? That is um, the parish church in Bakewell. Really? And that's 1986. Were it there is... a lot of uh, troop manoeuvres there? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> perhaps, sure. perhaps your listeners could call in if they were involved <laughs> in the Bakewell coup. <laughs> they probably quite, quite well. Um, uh... I miss Britain. Nostalgia abounds. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, Very poor spelling. Saw Mabel, but no chance to talk to her. Um, cut. Oh, he... oh, this is this is the line. Cut chapel to go paddling on the beach. Oh. Refreshed other parts. <laughs> <laughs> Ask no more questions. This is a Radio 4 show, surely. There, there must is this be... not Radio 4? No, I'm so sorry, oh, Tom. I, I only so. say that to <laughs> tempt the uh, high-quality guests here. Once we get here, it's actually it's talk radio and no one's listening. Um, but, 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 but. Um, th- this is a joke. How's the book doing? Because in this... Because this, it is... Because 
I hate to say, books seem quite old-fashioned to some people, and the charming... <laughs> books, eh? They do, don't they? They do. I, I refuse, I refuse, I refuse, I refuse to get, to go digital and get a Kindle. The, the one concession I've recently made, I love reading it, and there's, I, me and my seven-year-old were at home alone on Sunday, and um, we were both a bit bored, and he said, well, Dad, it's a nice day, we could go and sit in the garden and read. And we both just went and put our legs up when we were reading our books. Him, A Famous Five, me, a book about a, 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 a writer, songwriter in the 60s who went nuts. Um, but I, I, the one concession I've made to putting books down recently is audiobooks. Literally in the last three or four months, or, or, people reading their own autobiographies, Billy Idol reading his <laughs> own autobiography, it is the most... It, 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 it's a lot of it is about sexual conquests. Then at the end, he talks about his beautiful teenage daughter, and I think those ladies were someone's daughter as well, Billy. It's a little bit... Um, so why is that worse than an audiobook? I don't understand. Because you get to hear him doing it oh, like this, and he's all lascivious as he's describing what he did on, on an aeroplane. <laughs> um, but but, but, so, so, but I'm, I am a big fan, what I'm trying to say in a roundabout clumsy way, is I'm a big fan of books, books. and I'm passing books. that on books. to my children, and I think that, yeah. that, is, that is... I'm glad Kindles never quite took off the yeah. way they were going. Is well, the, I think, I think with, you know, a couple of years ago, they were all saying all the you know, books were dying, books yeah. were dying, it's all going to... But that, that absolutely hasn't happened. Yeah. But I think, nonetheless, I think people are discovering that books that feel bookish, that have a sort of uh, tactile quality yes. or a visual, like this, which is primarily a picture book, they kind of seem to have a new uh, lease of life. People seem to get excited by that. So, uh, uh, Having said that, this is available for the Kindle as well, I believe. <laughs> of course it is. And why not get both? <laughs> this is lovely. About the author, you, at oh, the yes. back of the book. Normally you get a long... Tom Tom Jackson has uh, been writing since 90s, had articles published. No, no, no. Tom Jackson started putting old postcards on Twitter in 2016. He lives in South London. That's it. That's all we need to know. Uh, you can mind your own business, That's anyway. All... <laughs> <laughs> what else does anyone need to know? That's all we need to know. <laughs> this little book is dedicated to my father, who taught me to collect. Is, I'm assuming your father has, has passed on. No, no, no. Is he he's no, still no, with us? Absolutely. Oh. Uh, was he a hoarder, a collector? Was he one of no, those dads he, that... He was and is a big collector. Yeah. Uh, of all kinds of things. Um... You know, including ephemera, which I think this would fall under the category yes. of ephemera. Yes. Um, and, um, you know, a childhood traipsing around junk shops and yeah. bookshops, it rubs off on you. It does. So uh, even if it creeps up on you a bit later in life as well, you kind of resist it for a while, but it creeps up. My so. dad um, used, to go, used to go to the dump, back when you could go to the dump. <laughs> And he would come back with the most... He came back with this beautiful accordion once in really? a case. He said, I've just found this. Are you allowed to do that? You used to be right. in the 70s Did and 80s. Did change hands? No, I, well, I don't know. I'm sure he... <laughs> my, my dad worked for BBC and he used to nick stuff. I'm sure he, I'm sure he went and <laughs> gave them some bits and pieces. But he'd come back and I've kind... And we would... So many Sundays going to flea markets or antique shops... And as a seven, eight, nine, ten-year-old, I was. Th th this was tedious and the mm. most boring thing. Now, as a forty-four-year-old, oh baby, I can spend you know, and I can spend two hours in a yeah, record shop, yeah, then go yeah. to a, 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 a an antique shop with no intention of buying anything, but just <laughs> go, going. Oh look, there's a phrenologist's head. You know, all of that kind of stuff. I love it now, and I know that my children in forty years' time will go. Well, maybe Dad. Maybe Dad was right. Maybe yeah, he had a thing. Yeah. Well, it's a connection with the past. It's maybe a connection with your own past. Who knows? Yeah, I think there is. But I think there's something going on now as well, because old stuff kind of became a bit unfashionable for a while. Yeah. It was just kind of a bit old and a bit naff. Uh, and, and a book like this, I don't think would have come out 
15 years ago mm. because I think it would have been seen as just a bit kind of eccentric and odd and uh, for kind of weird collectors. Yes. But I think the whole vintage thing, whatever that is, that's taken off whereby people have a kind of um, stylized relationship with the past and stuff from the past, that's changed it all. And, yeah. and now the number of young people who get very, very uh, misty-eyed when they see these postcards, yeah. and they probably were all sent before they were born. But um, it, it connects to them somehow. And I think I'm right. There's not one of those um, terribly unfunny carry-on slightly blue postcards that no, I seem to remember seeing all the time. Yeah, no, These I, are all I, lovely yeah, pictures. I, th- I think I did, you know, sometimes I look at the message and the message is great and I turn it over and it's a joke on the front. Yeah. And well, you know how it is with jokes. If you have too many jokes, the jokes yeah. start to neutralise yeah. each other. Yeah, no, these are so, all... No de- jokes, no jokes on the front. Delightful. Some are slightly odd. I mean, what is, <laughs> what is that? Slightly. Hang on a second. What's the, I know the reference in the back. What's the one on page 143? That's a strange one. Hang on, oh, it's um, Pamukkale in Turkey, of course. Well, I'm so sorry, I, uh, Turkey. I didn't recognise. It's it's. Uh, yeah, that's an amazing place. It's, a, it? it's an incredible picture. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'd like to go there. It's an incredible. Have you been? To, do, do you plan on doing a little tour of these places? You know, it's funny. It makes you realise how ignorant you are of your, your, <laughs> the, the geography of your own country. Yeah. But then also, what it does, going through these cards, it kind of skews your idea of what places are important. Yeah. So you begin to think that. Well, really, Britain has two places in it. One, the New Forest. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, of course, the New Forest is mainly, I mean, wall-to-wall ponies. Yeah, ponies you can hardly everywhere. move for it's ponies. the weirdest thing. Yeah, non-stop ponies. And then the other place that I think really only existed in the 1970s for... Uh, coloured sand and postcards is the Isle of Wight. Yes. And the main industry, as far as I can tell, in the Isle of Wight is postcards. Right. Just hundreds and thousands of postcards. Millions, yeah. millions, no doubt. Yeah. Um, and I, I, you, I mean, presumably, you could you, every street had a picture of of it on on a postcard from the Isle of Wight. It's just nonstop. <laughs> lovely, pe- lovely comments from lovely people on the back of the book as well. Every, oh yes, everyone's a winner. <laughs> well, we Hicks. only put the nice ones on. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's a tosser. That's such and such on Twitter. But I mean, all lovely. Jill Mansell, Holly Walsh, Robin Ince, Charlie Higson, Emma Freud, Samira. Oh, I love Samira Ahmed. I think yeah. she's absolutely brilliant. She's good. Uh, Danny Wallace, James O'Brien. Da- it, the, it's um, it is one of those things that um, people seem to have taken to heart and, mm. and, and seem to find very charming. I think the first people who liked it were well, uh, lots of people, but the first people who I noticed the first people it, that counted. Uh, no, I don't. Say that. The first people whose names I recognised. Yes, were kind of writers and poets and comics. Yeah, and I think people who use words and pay attention to words, um, and I think they kind of got a kick out of. There's something about the rhythm of real words mm. that people have written that you you couldn't fake it, actually. And people say, oh, it sounds like Alan Bennett. Oh, it sounds like Victoria Wood. And actually, what you're saying is Alan Bennett and Victoria Wood were really, really good at yeah. capturing real speech rhythms. Yeah, they, they were, their, their skill is observing that and being able to put it yeah, down. And I'm on... just proving how good they were. Um, I, see, I can't read some of these. Uh, I've started, um, uh, every every few years, I try and start a diary. I try and start a diary, and I was I was rereading. I was listening to the audio book. It was a cop out. Uh, Michael Palin's diaries because I read the books and then I got the audio thing. And I listened to it, and I thought, oh, I'm going to start a diary that um, for 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 my kids some down down some way down the line. So when I'm dead or whatever, you know, there'll be this this box full of books that that I will have written, and they'll be able to either look at them or chuck them away or whatever, you know. So I've started cringe like, at them. Well, I'll cringe at them, <laughs> yeah, because I'm being quite honest on there, quite blunt. Um, and I'm trying to write it by hand. 
flipping it. That's <laughs> not half hard work. Yeah, we've, yeah. we've lost. Well, it's I, a dead skill, isn't it? It really, really is. I have. I was never a particularly neat handwriter, and I'm always <laughs> quite embarrassed by my handwriting. But I'm, I write literally. Um, about, I can get about ten lines before I have to stop and, and, yeah, and yeah, shake yeah, the hand. Yeah, yeah. Um, and these, the, the, the book of postcards that you have handed me, this pile of postcards, it, it is the most ornate writing mm. i mean this one's from from the 80s i think um uh, but I, I can barely read it now that's down to, that's down to me i think yeah. primarily but so I, I see a lot of this handwriting and i must say if i'm flicking through a pile and the handwriting's terrible that kind of goes to the bottom of the pile i don't yeah. bother with it but um sometimes ones uh, you can what, what i see is different obviously the, in the book you don't see the back of the card you yeah. just see the the the, 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 the typeset bit of the message but sometimes messages from children, obviously the writing is very childish, yeah. but when it's transcribed for Twitter or for the book, yeah. it has a kind of strange double meaning, yes. um, which is kind of cheating, but I, I, you know, I'm allowed to cheat. It's my book. Um, uh, uh, but people, yes, there's lots of it. It's about the weather. I started off talking, starting the show talking about the weather, so it's one of those, it is one of those cliches that uh, Brits like yeah. to talk about the weather. Well, I, didn't, I, I kind of made it a rule, unless the weather was really spectacular, I wasn't going to put it in the book because actually I don't really care what if my if, if my neighbour comes back and <laughs> yeah. said the weather was bad on the holiday I don't yeah. care yeah. So, so, so why would I care about someone from 40 years ago but what I did do which you probably observed is on the end papers I've done a kind of um, there's two things yes at the front you have lots of messages they're kind of um, separated from their postcards but they're real messages oh, and they're about good weather and on the back you have um, some rather poor weather rain so. beetling down <laughs> i mean what a <laughs> phrase misty today in a brisk north wind it is bitterly cold here and i've bought a hot water bottle imagine yeah, that yeah. kind of holiday <laughs> dear god uh tom it's such a joy uh, uh, and um I, I you know everybody i insist that you rush out and buy it where is the best place for them to buy it for you i always ask this because i wonder if it amazon no is necessary no, for, for me wherever you can get hold of it amazon yeah. waterstones okay. wh no it's not in wh smith i don't think is it not it should be it should be it will be um have you seen the state of WH? How does WH Smiths keep going? I, I keep predicting their demise, but it seems to be a front you want, you want for something. Answer? Yeah, go on. Well, I think it's the post offices they have in them. I think that helps. Really? These days. Okay. Yeah, I think it is. Well, then good for But good they're for an excellent them. shop. They, they are a superb shop, and boy, oh boy, I really hope they start uh, stocking your books soon. Um, your Twitter handle, and I'll do a little tweet in a second, everyone, if you're listening, so you can uh, you can find out more. At Past Postcard, uh, Tom Jackson is the author, in inverted commas, um, and the book is Postcard from the Past, and it is, um, it's just delightful, you know, it's in, in an age of cynicism and uh, all kinds of nonsense online, it's charming and it's delightful, and I, I, it, you know, it made us smile a lot today, so thank you for that, Tom. Absolute thank pleasure. Thank you very much for coming in. Dear Cheers. listener, 0344 499 is the telephone number, um, if you want to give me a call. This is the Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Late Night Ian Lee, Unfiltered Night Talk, with the original king of unconventional conversation on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Ah, dear listener, dear listener, 0344 499 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. You never know what's going to... I enjoyed that, by the way. I enjoyed that a lot. Um, I've just tweeted the uh, link where you can buy that book. It's an absolute thrill and a joy. Um, one of the uh, great things about doing a phone-in show is you never know who's going to phone in and why they're going to phone in and what stories they might have um, to uh, to tell us. Um, well, Maria Patricia has called in from Manchester. Evening, Maria. 
Hello there, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm intrigued. I got a a very brief summarised version down my ear of what you've called in for. So I'm just going to sit back and, and um, let you tell w- w- what you do and, and, and why you've called us. Okay, um, my name's Maria Patricia. I own a laser clinic in Manchester where I remove tattoos. Um, and this evening, very alarmingly, it's not just one call. I've had many over, you know, so many months. Yeah. Um, about, it was a, a very concerned parent uh, distraught that their child had gone over the weekend and had a tattoo. Now, the child's 14, and, you know, unfortunately, the law is that you have to be 18 to have tattoos, and it's the same legislation for me to to remove them as well. You wow. have to be 18. Yeah. So this is becoming more increasing. Um, we campaign tirelessly. Uh, we go on radio shows. We go on the TV. We go... We, we write endlessly to yeah. our MP, which is Angela Rayner, and we are all the time campaigning about legislation, about the sale of tattoo equipment. It really needs so, to be sold only to um, tattoo artists yeah. that hold a licence. So, Maria, are you saying that um, it's kids giving other kids tattoos, or is it, um, it, it disreputable tattoo parlours that are doing it? I wouldn't say parlours. I would say that it's people thinking that they can make a quick buck. Right. Uh, the tattoo industry is rife at the moment. Uh, going back a couple of years ago, it used to be one in seven people had tattoos, yep. and now it's one in five. Oh, so there's definitely money out there to be made. You know, it's a thriving industry, and everybody's, you know, trying to make a quick, easy buck. The problem is, when you're doing it in a bedroom, you don't have a licence. You have to think about you know, the the safety, about whether the needles, um, whether they use needles, yeah. um, whether everything's sanitised. Uh, a lot of places, you know, a lot of people, rather, you know, the, the, the people that aren't doing it right. I've had pictures sent in to me where they've been done on tabletops in a kitchen. Oh, blimey. Um, it, it's just unbelievable. But I just urge and beg all parents to actually talk to their children. It's not a taboo subject. It's out there. We've got all the celebrities having tattoos. Um, it's all in the social media. All your pop stars have got tattoos. And we need to talk and educate our children. The age I think that I mostly get is yes. um, people coming from the age of maybe 18 to maybe 25. That's a real big age that we have coming in to remove them. And, Maria, are they, are, they, are they coming in because someone has done a crap job? Or just because they've a couple of years down the line they've regretted it? Both. Right. Definitely both. But, you know, unfortunately, we, we are getting more, more children. I mean, there was a story not very long ago in the papers. I think it was, well, it was about a year ago, and it was um, down south. And it was where... <clears throat> sorry. It was where... A child, yeah. uh, age 15, had got some tattoo equipment and he was tattooing all his friends oh, for £5 each. Um, the council came along, we found out, took all his tattoo equipment away from him. But the mammoth task then that that council would have is actually offering each and every one of those children hepatitis C tests because he couldn't remember whether he changed all his needles or not. And this is what the tattoo industry is facing at the moment. Flipping heck. Flipping heck, that sounds bleak. I'm not, I'm not a fan of body art, right? I've never really got it. I'm slightly less anti it than I used to be. And my, my, uh, my brother is a, is a tattoo artist. And, and the key word there is 
artist because it is a skill and it takes years and years of practice and um you know it's it it, 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 it is art you know um but to, to think that someone's going around to someone's house because they can do it for a fiver yeah um and, and get it done and you're saying that kids as young as 14 are doing it yeah definitely you know if we've got proved evidence in in the clinic of this but it's so sad because obviously we can't remove the tattoos but you know, going back uh, about a year ago, one child, you know, was was going to be expelled and we, we had to write letters to say that, unfortunately, they do have a duty of care to educate that children, yeah. you know, that child rather. And, and I, I also have to follow legislation. I can't remove them no. until they're 18. How good is tattoo removal now? Because I remember in the 80s... Um, that it, it wasn't brilliant and it would, it would kind of leave lots of scarring and stuff. How good is it now? I think it depends who's doing it. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, again, you know, you, you get the good and you get the bad. You know, we, we work with really tight legislation here. Uh, my, own, my own husband is a doctor, so all our aftercare is absolutely on point. Yeah. Um, and the lasers, they're getting more advanced. Um, the black ink, you know, usually is a wavelength of a, a 1064. Um, and then there's also Pico Shores that take out the colours as well now. Right. So they are getting better and better. And uh, the results that I have, you know, are, are pretty incredible. Um, that, um, I'm, I'm still uh, reeling at the fo- thought of 14-year-olds getting it done. That, I mean, my, one of my big... I, really, I don't know why this is. I'm such a silly man. But I, I do worry about my kids getting older and wanting to have tattoos and stuff. And I just don't... I don't get the attraction of it at all. It does worry me. But if they're going to get it done at 14, then boy, oh boy, they're going to get um, a thick ear. I think that we've got, you know, it's it's all in it's all in the social, it's all in the media, yeah. you know. And when we get in the, you know, we've got pop stars and we've got, you know, got people like David Beckham and you've, it's everybody. All pop stars seem to have tattoos, and it's just the in thing at the moment. Yeah. I mean, it's it's always been big to have tattoos, but it's it's at its height. I mean. I can't say that I'm not a fan of tattoos because actually some of the work that we see through clinic where we faded stuff back and then a tattooist has gone over it, I'm absolutely in awe of some of the tattoo artists were. And that's what they are. I yep. wouldn't even use the word tattooist now. These guys are artists. Yeah, 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 definitely. And some of the stuff is absolutely incredible. But it's got to be done correctly. It's got to be done safely. And it's got to be done at an age where, you know, a person really does know what they want it. To, to be and to represent. For me, a tattooist, um, a tattoo should be, um, this is me and this is my story. It's supposed to reflect really who you are mm. and, um, yeah, and that. But for a child, yeah. at the age of 14, if you think back for when you were 14, I mean, did you really think that you were going to be a radio presenter at oh, the age of 14? God, I was, I was, not, I didn't have know? a, I, I, all I wanted to do was play games on my BBC Micro. That was it. I, you know, God knows. You're 14 is a lifetime. 30 years ago! Yeah, 30 years ago! growing up a little bit too, a little bit too quick and, um, you know, it's, but it is the responsibility of parents it's the responsibility of schools. It's the responsibility of us as a community that if we know anybody that is, you know, is doing tattoos in a bedroom without a license, yes. you know, please, please, everybody, step forward, phone the council. Yes, you know, get your council involved, and they will come away and they will take away the tattoo equipment. You know, I campaign, as I say, tirelessly about the legislation because you have to look and how they're actually getting the equipment. 
But you can just buy it on eBay, on. can't you? I, I'm sure I saw a thing on the news a while ago. You can just buy it online. Well, my son, who was 10 at the time, he had what we call one of these children's off-the-cars. You load the, the pocket money on there, and they can oh. go and, and spend online or whatever they want. So we set up an iPad, and we told him to go and buy oh. £50 worth of tattoo equipment. Now, I didn't think this was going to be possible. And as I saw him Google, he, he Googled into something that I thought, oh, you're not going to get it from there. That, you know, it's just not going to happen from that site. It's a very well-known site. I won't name and shame. No, name I tell because I've just gone on Amazon and I found a kit yeah, for 45 okay, quid. Yeah, that's where it was. 45.99, popular beginner tattoo kit, set top, it. 25 so, colours, two gums. on there, he ordered it, <laughs> and it came the next day, and we didn't have to sign for it. Oh, my God. And we actually videoed that, and the Daily Mail actually used it. If anybody, any viewers want to go and see it, yeah, yeah. type in uh, Andre's tattoo in the Daily Mail. Well, it's all on there, the yeah. video is. Um, it's just of his hands doing it. That's incredible. Um, but it's it's that easy. It's that easy. I've even phoned up. There's even some yeah. um, big tattoo companies, and they're supposed to um, check your legislation. But I've even phoned up some of those, and I've ordered stuff um, online, and then I've actually phoned them up and said, do you know you've just potentially sold some of your tattoo equipment to a 10-year-old? Yeah. And they said, well, they shouldn't be on there. They shouldn't have access to Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's your fault, yeah. My children know how to use the internet better than I do. Um, but Maria, Patricia, I'm really glad you uh, you called us. And, I'm, and um, I'm, you know, d- d- do keep in touch and, um, you know, let us know. How many calls are you get in a week from parents upset about their kids having tattoos? Um, I wouldn't say it's weekly. I would say it's more monthly. Yeah. But I think that if we actually... I think, actually, with this telephone conversation now, I think you, you will most probably experience um, a lot of people coming forward. And I know that I did something tonight on a Facebook site where a lot of adults were coming forward saying, gosh, we were tattooed at 13, we were tattooed at 14, yeah. we regret it now. And I wish that I could get these people and put them in schools and say, look, you know, we really regret it. Yeah, yeah. You know? Uh, Maria, nice to talk to you. Thanks very much for the call. And you. Thank you very much for having me. Absolute pleasure. We'll speak again, I'm sure, Mar- Maria Patricia in Manchester. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. You're listening to The Late Night Alternative with me, Ian Lee, on Talk Radio. Late Night Conversation. Wealth losing sleep over. Ian Lee. On air and off the leash. On Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. My kids are seven and five. Your kids are eight and five. Imagine their beautiful little bodies covered in tattoos. And one day, do you know what? My, my, that would be my biggest fear. I was thinking about this the other day. You know, I worry about weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Catherine joins me in the studio. Good evening, Catherine. Hi. Um, my biggest fear, my biggest fear, but it really was the other day. So I was really panicking, thinking, what if they get tattoos on their perfect? Because we've seen, I know every inch of my boys, every inch of my boys, because we bathe, you know, because we know everything about them. Um, I know where all their moles are, I know their tickle spots, everything. But imagine if they defiled their beautiful little bodies with I'm, tattoos. I remember my sister getting a belly ring. Oh. Despite my dad's Naughty lady. Well, he said, if I ever see you get anything like that, I'll rip it out. And of course you've had your doodah around. No, I have not. Pissed. Several times from what I've heard. I am as the driven snow. Wowzers. Literally. I wish the I was ye- quite so pasty. The yellow snow. But... <laughs> Um, um, well... She hid it from him for... And she was in her mid to late 20s. She hid it from him. But my 
kids have seen their... Go, and what I'm hoping is this, right? Yes. Their uncle and auntie, my husband's brother and sister, have both got tattoos. Yeah. And my kids don't like them. Yeah. So I'm hoping that nah. by my ti- the nah, time my kids grow up, like they'll be old-fashioned. Don't work like that. Don't work like that. My mum uh, doesn't know that I smoked. Um, and when I was growing up, my dad smoked, and I hated it, hated it. And we'd go around with air fresheners and stuff like that. I smoked. I mm. you know, smoked for a yeah, few years. Yeah, but you can stop smoking. It's harder to get rid of a tattoo. Like she said, you know, removal. Oh. People think you're going to be as you were before. But what I'm, what I'm saying is that we grow up, um, you know, as young libertarians mm. with uh, full of ideals and stuff. But they change very quickly, and we become, we become our parents. But- don't you think tattoos are... It's already getting to the point where you can date somebody by the tattoos they've got. Celtic right? rings, Chinese writing. Exactly. Dolphin on the old hip bone. Yeah. Very Marco but, in circa 1990. But it doesn't seem to be going out of fashion. It's just like we use those tattoos now, like we use oh. rings in a trees to age it. You have just reminded me of another brilliant stroke awful programme I oh. discovered over the weekend that I should tell you about. Please it's do. It's called Just Tattoo of Us, right? Aye. You get couples in, or close friends... Yeah. One of them designs the other one's tattoo and vice versa. Oh, yeah. That right? that, well, that's dumb. They have to... Oh, it's totally that's stupid. Dumb. It's a stupid programme from beginning to end, but it is brilliant, yeah. right? So, for example, a boyfriend and a girlfriend. They're minor celebrities on the one I saw. I don't think they always are. Yes. She's famous for having a bum that popped out of a dress that split. Cheeky. He's f- not famous. He's had a, He's her um, yes. boyfriend, right? Yeah. So... They both have to wear these... Listen, what channel is this on? MTV. Okay, right. The the home of class entertainment. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it's hosted by Charlotte from Geordie Shore. Uh, Okay, the wet the bed girl. And Stephen Bear. Who who had a go at me once, yes. I don't know who Stephen Bear is, but he's a great guy. He's similar. I think they're together, or at least... They're supposed to be together. Yeah. Anyway, so they oversee this because they're the sensible ones you want to put your skin and indeed your future um, image in yeah. the hands of. And um, this one bloke, what did he have tattooed on his girlfriend's neck here? A, sp- uh, a, a firing penis. <laughs> did he? An arse. Oh, for God's on her neck. Mm-hmm. And they really do it. Yeah. This is brilliant. She was furious. Oh, God. She said he wasn't even a nice one. He said, well, I like bums and you like bums. She went, it's not even a nice bum. So they do it and, and they can't see what's being they done. Can't see and him, they right? choose the location yes. of the tattoo. Yes. That's Another insane. one, slightly uh, possessive girlfriend, maybe not slightly, very possessive girlfriend, yeah. tattooed an eye right next to his pubis. I would get um, tattooed on the face of my girlfriend, if I had a girlfriend. The um, a, a tattoo of a face of an, a former girlfriend that I fancied more. Wow! Yeah? Well... You like? That wouldn't be unusual on that programme. This is what I'm saying to you. Um, Incredible. Ka- Katie's called in. Good evening, Katie. Hi, hon. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you, Katie. Brilliant. I'm just, uh, yeah, just to talk about tattoos. Go on, then, yes. I, when I was about 15 or 16, yes. I had... I just thought it was cool to get a tattoo because all the friends had them and they were pretty cheap at the time and I got this ridiculous tattoo on my shoulder and I regret it ever since. What did Um, you get? Was it a rose? It wasn't, no. It was, right, I believe in angels, okay? There's Mm -hmm. a song in there. Mm -hmm. But it was um, the bloody fairy. Right, so I wanted an angel and uh, they put a fairy on so I hate it. Um, And it was a stupid thing to do and I think I was just too young I think I was, um, I just didn't get the fact that, you know, when I was older, it was just going to look worse and worse and worse, probably. Yes. And just, it, not good. Um, but when I was married, um, 
about 10 years ago, I was going through a lot of stuff in my life. And I, again, I believe in angels. So I thought, you know what? I'm just going to spend some money yes. getting something that I believe in to oh. put on my back. So yes. it's basically uh, Raphael's... Um, you know, the two cherubs, one's got the head on the arm. I know which one you mean. Okay. Yeah, and it's a really beautiful picture. Yeah. And he did it on my back, and it was so painful. Yeah, of course it was. He's, <laughs> he's injecting you with ink with a very sharp needle. Yeah, it was very painful, but um, I did it, and I'm so pleased I did it, because it's something that I really love, and it's very personal to me. But I think... Um, but why do you hate your body so much that you want to defile hmm. it? nothing to do with that I, I think i think it's the opposite lee oh. i think it's it's the fact that, that i i don't obviously who who loves their body but i, I respect my body enough right. but it's something that again i believe in and i don't care you know what people think no, and, no. And, and but actually it's on the same token um i'm a professional singer and i sing on stage but it's not something that people can see because i do think sometimes they look oh, pretty unsightly yes. you're wearing a ball gown or, or you you know a, a jazzy dress and you're on stage and if people see that it doesn't look great or yes. you're going to work or something and um but i've got a friend who um there was a tv program years ago um it was about um body tattoos Yes. And he's one of, like, the, he's about the sixth person in the UK with the most body tattoos. He's got, he's, he's got a skinhead. They're on his eyelids. Oh, no. His face, his neck. And, that's, and a mental, think, that's a mental illness symptom, no, isn't it? To have it all over your face and your eyelids, that's a symptom of some form of mental illness. But I don't know. I think we're all conditioned in society. Huh? think right if somebody looks different no 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 but there's looking different and being unique and there's having your eyelids tattooed but but that's unique and that's different and i think if somebody wants to do the thing is there's some everyone's got a tattoo no so so you want to be unique don't get a tattoo but if someone wants to do that to their face their whole face is covered with tattoos come on katie i'm i'm all for people doing what they want to do you get tattoos that's groovy but if you're if you're covering Every inch of your face with tattoos, including your eyelids, that is a symptom yeah. of something not I quite hear right. What you're saying, totally. So I had a discussion with this guy, and I said exactly the same to you. It's the same as you've said to me. And I said, well, is there something? I said, why do you want more? Why do you want more tattoos? He said, because I'm showing my individual individuality oh, in life. God. I'm showing who I am. Oh, God. And then, but I did say to him, but aren't you searching for something? Aren't you looking for something better? in yourself or prove to somebody to yourself you're searching for something that's not there and he went no i generally generally am doing this for myself i'm unsure yeah but he would say that just like an anorexic will oh, say yeah. that they are they are starving themselves or or, or fa- uh, feasting themselves because that's what they want to do like a like an alcoholic will say he's going to the pub because that's what he wants to do yeah they're okay, out of control isn't it but who's to say he's out of control what why is i that? am I am to say he's out of control because somebody has to. <laughs> okay, but he's—that's what he wants to do in his life. That's what he wants well, to it's do. Well, nuts. And well, okay, people may think that. But no, it I, is. It is. It's a symptom of, of. It's a symptom of something. I don't quite know what it's a symptom of, but it, at the very least, he's addicted to it. Right. Okay. I. I, I don't know, Lee. He, but he's a genuinely Sorry? nice guy. Yeah. And I think a lot of people who've got t- tattoos. Yes. Um, they feel, people feel threatened by them, they feel that they're nuts, possibly, or... No, no, I'm not saying all people with tattoos are nuts, um, but I'm, I'm saying this guy is mentally unwell. You, you can't... 
can't say that. You can, and I have. I am. I'm saying it. In the same way that an alcoholic is mentally in unwell your, and... In your, um... You know, in, 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 in your, um, perception of people that have got tattoos. That's okay. not, I'm, you're not hearing what I'm saying. I'm not I am, I am. No, you're not, Katie, because you've just, you've just, and it's Ian, by the way, you've just, um, attributed something to me I didn't say. So, so say again, then? I, I will do, for the third time. I'm not saying this about everybody that's got tattoos. I'm just saying it about this guy. This is a symptom of some form of condition. Well, because he's got it on his face, and... Because every inch of his body is covered with tattoos, including his eyelids, yes, in the it, same it way... It is an addiction. I think it maybe is. Maybe some people right. feel... so you, you agree know, with me? Well, I, I, but, you know, you said before that with people were mentally unwell. No, I didn't not... say that, Katie. I, no, I no, talked no, about no, him no, specifically. But... Addiction is a mental illness. So, yes, you agreed with me. Um, You're addicted. It... You're having a drag on a fag. You know what I'm saying? It, addiction is an, is an illness. But, no, but it... <laughs> It's not. It's, you just said he was addicted. Thing. You just said he was addicted. He, he may be addicted. You just said I don't he was. Know, he may be. Okay. Well, addiction is he, an illness. He is. But let people. Let people. I'm not stopping him. No, okay, I, know you're, I know you're not. I'm I'm, just he can do what he wants. But I'm, I, I, I worry that what he's doing is displaying a symptom of something else. But it makes him happy, and I've asked him this. It makes, it, it makes piss happy to go to the boozer at nine o'clock in the morning, I, you know. Well, that's totally different. No, I don't think it is. I don't think it is at all. I think when people go to the pub, they're obviously, they've got, they've got an illness. That's what, well, people, just everyone going to the pub has got an illness? No. You see, that's why you have to be careful about what you say and be really specific. Well, 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 well listen to what we've just said no i know but you can't you can't assume anything you have to be really specific which is what i have been over the last 10 minutes okay, very okay. very specific it wasn't it hasn't been 10 minutes i don't think but anyway he this guy is a really nice guy i think general I'm sure he's a lovely bloke pre pre people's prejudice about people with lots of tattoos he's got his eyelids tattooed won't look, at, won't look at somebody like that they feel afraid they feel frightened well that's it but, but if but if people feel afraid right so what? That's, that's his, that's the, the thing that he has to care. He's made that decision knowing that some people will feel I'm afraid. Not saying that. I'm saying people don't care. He, sorry, he doesn't care. Well, if that's good, got good. an issue with him. That's, that's you know, great. That's good for him. He's actually one of the nicest guys that I think I've ever met. I'm sure yeah. he is. But the tattoo that I got on my back, this angel thing, um, when I was married, my, my husband at the time was just like, why? Yeah. Why would he do that to yeah. his body? Why would he do that? Yeah, why would he do that to his body? <laughs> but, but again, because of my spirituality, and I just, that was, it made me feel good, and it still does. Having a tattoo of a fairy connects you with spirituality. No, 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 no. If you listen to me, it was the, it was the angels on the bottom of my back. Well, I no, but you, you, had a, you, had a, you had a fairy done, yeah, a fairy and I done first. That, and that's yeah, and when, when I was 15, I totally okay. regretted that, because I didn't realise, you know, when you're older, and it, oh, it just looks bad, and it yeah. had no relevance at all in my no, life no. but the, the angels and uh that was one of the reasons we divorced well one of one of the reasons <laughs> yeah. he just couldn't get it and it's it well, cost a lot of money it was very painful but and you'd rather have the tattoos than your husband that's a very personal question uh lee it, 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 it's it's ian by the ian. way you, you you brought it you brought the divorce up ian lee, ian you lee you brought the divorce up katie would you'd rather have your tattoos than your husband yeah I that's think spiritual I, I think it's what, sorry? That's spiritual. 
you don't know what my husband was like, though. You just said you got divorced. You said you got divorced because of your tattoos. Yeah, but yeah, but it's not not necessarily spiritual because I was happier getting my tattoo than being okay. with him. You okay. don't know what he's like, so there was lots of other reasons with well, you, that. You said your reason you got divorced was because of the tattoos, Katie. But I've got mainly move- because. Okay. Of her. Okay. Well, thanks very much for calling, Katie. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, three, four, four. <laughs> <laughs> There's another unhappy customer. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. You're listening to the late night alternative with me and Lee. Talk radio. I'm so thrilled. After eleven, we're talking to the guy on the cover of my copy of Naked and Afraid, the DVD box set. EJ Snyder. I'm I, I, honestly, I, I'm, I'm obsessed with this show. This is uh, Ian Lee, and I'm on Talk Radio across the UK, online and on DAB. Take a far-out trip into the twilight zone of late-night radio with Ian Unmissable late-night radio with the original king of unconventional conversation. Make contact with Ian Lee. Late-night Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Seriously, I've told this story before. Indulge me, dear listener. When we were doing the show from New York, gosh, a couple of weeks ago now, um, didn't get to watch much TV because we were so busy. Which is a shame, because I like watching TV when I'm in the States, because you just kind of, you know, you find some fun stuff. And I found this programme, and I phoned up to Catherine, I said, Kath, 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 switch on Channel 9, whatever it was. Uh, there's this programme on, right, where these two people are, uh, they're in, I think they're in the jungle, right, and they've got no clothes on. And she went, oh yeah, that's Naked and Afraid. I went, what? You've heard of this? And we were watching it in our rooms, on the phone, going, oh my god. Oh my god, this is the most incredible thing I've ever seen in my life. And I was obsessed. And, and, and while I was watching it, I got my, my laptop and I ordered a box set from Amazon. Ordered a box set. And I'm, I tweeted it and loads of people went, yeah, that's, you yeah, that's naked and afraid. Yeah, everyone knows that. Everyone loves that show. And I, I've never ever heard of it. And, and I have got this box set now. And, um, and I've got the naked and afraid lost in paradise box set. And I now come into work really early before even james whale has started what are you in here for lee because uh, if i get in early enough we can uh, squeeze in three episodes of this before the show love it so much and you can't it's... just watch one episode oh, can God. you i will never i will never get bored of watching this program it is insane it is brilliant it is wonderful. It is the... Every, and just when you think you've seen everything... <laughs> and we're not just talking about the fact they've got no clothes on. Then you go on to the next episode and it's... you Because you, 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 here's the thing. It seems to be split between the people who are excellent survivalists. Like, excellent. Like, they're climbing up trees and chopping the heads off monkeys and, you know, sucking out the juice. <laughs> and the people who, like, within two days are going, Oh, my God, I'm dying. Well, you- I'm dying. While we while we watch, we have like a running commentary going on between us. It's always kind of the guy goes, "Yeah, I'm an excellent survivalist. Yeah. I've done this a million times, you know." And we'll we'll go flash forward yeah. two days <laughs> when he's licking a leaf to try and get some moisture. Leaf lickers, we call them. <laughs> leaf lickers, right? But one person who was, who is an incredible survivalist, he's on the cover of this oh DVD, right? And he didn't. Didn't he get... He got called in because someone... The other two dropped out. I can't remember what happened. I know he was with a woman who was... And do you know what? He was really sweet with her. Do you remember? That was brilliant. She brilliant. Um, was really kind of concerned about disrupting the delicate balance of nature and she wanted everyone to be respectful if they were going to kill something and stuff. And EJ, bless him, took great delight in... <laughs> 
in killing something because he just said he, he, his blood came up and he just went for it. And then he apologised yeah, to her because yeah. she was really upset yeah. about it. Whereas we were watching going, don't apologise, she's going to eat it. Um, and I, I mean, I've seen this man's ass naked. So have I. <laughs> and ladies, let me just tell you something. EJ bears more than a passing resemblance to Paul Hollywood. He does. He's, he's on the line now um, uh, from Fleetwood. Will Whereabouts is Fleetwood, EJ? Uh, I don't know where the hell Fleetwood is. I don't know if I can say that or not, but uh, I live in North Carolina. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, listen, man, it's so nice to talk to you. EJ Skullcrusher Snyder. Um, uh, but we, uh, we, we were blown away. Now, you've done Naked and Afraid. How many times have you done it now? I've actually done it. I'm the only man to successfully do it, along with my partner, Laura, who was with me in the Amazon three times. We did two 21 days and a 40 day. Now, the 40 days, this is this is Naked XL. and Afraid XL, which I've not got onto yet, but boy, oh boy, I can't... Okay. Right, well, uh, first of all, EJ, let's go back. How did you... Uh, what's your background? Well, you, you, you're obviously, you know, very fit, and you know nature, and you, 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 you know, you, you live an extreme life. What is your background? Well, uh, my background, you know, my dad, my folks divorced very, when I was very young, and when he would come see us on weekends, he was a big outdoorsman. I lived just outside New York City, but he would take us out to the wild. Wow. So me and my kid brother just took to learning hunting and trapping and those things. And then I joined the Army at 19, and I spent 25 years in the Army. So wow. I got a lot of training in the Army. Yeah. I went to a survival course within the Army and a tracking course. And I was a big-time uh, MMA-type fighter before it was MMA. I was an athlete. Wow. And I spent 25 years in the Army. I was in a 91 Gulf War. I went back in 2004 for 15 months for Operation Iraqi Freedom. And I retired as a Sergeant Major. And uh, after I uh, retired, I went into teaching the Special Forces survival to survive behind enemy lines for about six years as a contractor. I was kind of doing TV on the side. And then the reality world discovery found me for another show called Dual Survival, which I tried out for. But my consolation prize was to wind up in the middle of Africa <laughs> as the first man to do this uh, crazy adventure called Naked Afraid. Oh man, you are so you are the real deal. You the things you must have seen and experienced in your in, in your life. When when, um, when Discovery said, "AJ, hey, hey, you're not going to do the dual survival, but." We got this show, you're going to be three weeks, you're going to be in the jungle, you're going to have to survive using your instinct. Oh, and by the way, there's no clothes. <laughs> um, what, what, was your, yeah, they, what was your reaction? Well, they, 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 it was like a slow roll because they started talking about it, <laughs> and then they were like, every week they'd have a meeting every couple of weeks, and they'd take another piece of clothing off like it was strip poker. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there with the contract in front of me, the final one, I signed it, I sent it off. And I really didn't care. I didn't really read much about it. I just thought, yeah, we're going to be out there with really nothing. And I didn't think completely naked. And then my wife, you know, the contract, she's like, what's this about this naked stuff? <laughs> I was like, oh, they're just pulling my leg. That's not really going to happen. Well, yeah, it really happened. And, uh, you know, my biggest concern when I threw my clothes in the back of the Land Rover uh, was, was I going to have a bar stool still at the uh, VFW, Veterans of Foreign War <laughs> bar, when I got back, because I thought maybe my military mates would un uh, disown me. We, um... We had um, another contestant on last week who um, was, uh, was was a Mormon, and he um, explained how uncomfortable it was going back to church the the, the, the <laughs> Sunday after the show had aired in the states. Yeah. What, what, what did your mate say, EJ, after they'd seen it? 
Uh, and I mean it. Well, the only audience I was most concerned about was the military yeah. and the veterans. And they open armly thought I represented them to the best of, you know, the highest oh, good. level. Good. They were very appreciative. Um, my kids and my family know I do crazy stuff all the time. So it was like, <laughs> oh, that's just dad. <laughs> and, but Ooh. it's very funny. The guy you had last time was named Jeff Souch. Yeah. Well, Jeff Souch and I partner up in Naked Afraid XL. And then Jeff and I later on last season we filmed Dual Survival together. Oh Jeff wow! Was like my kid brother. Oh so wow! I got it, a lot of love for that guy. And here's the thing, right? It really, it genuinely is a brilliant, brilliant show. Honestly, me and when I saw it, I was blown away. And me and Kath, we'll do two or three episodes. We did two episodes tonight before we come on air, just because I, I, I'm just obsessed with it. Um, <laughs> and when I say, "Oh, it's naked and afraid," it, you know, we have a lot of reality shows over here, and I'm sure you do in the states, where it is yeah. um, the naked element will be played on and it would all we have a show called love island where mm. basically people go on this island and they're encouraged to have sex this isn't like that this isn't sexual there is no there is no sexual tension no. between the two contestants this is genuinely two people in ve a very very dangerous situation and we saw the photo of the producer's foot where he got bitten and all the skin fell off yeah the, this is a real yeah. survival show this is dangerous yeah it is, it is very real. People ask all the time, is it scripted at all? The only parts of the show where they have to get you into, get you in there. Yeah. Which requires boats, sometimes aircraft. Um, and then when they get you out. And that's about the only time they come in and say, okay, wait a minute, let's, uh, do this kind of slow. We've got, you know, it's pretty dangerous when I've operated around boats and water and, uh, helicopters all the time. So it was never an issue for me, but my partners necessarily had never, Laura, as a matter of fact, when we got rescued in the Amazon, it was the first time she was ever on a helicopter. Yeah. Um, wow. Wow. I was very honored to be the very first person to do this because we filmed the pilot, and the producer, who was Steve Rankin, he was uh, Bear Grylls executive producer for years yeah. he's, uh, from London. Yeah, he's we're speaking to him guy. tomorrow. He's, yes, he's wonderful. He's my mate. Tell him I said hi. Yeah, he we will do. Are Definitely. very close. But he is... He is. Uh, he and I were sitting there by the rock about five or six days into this. He's like, look, mate, if we really don't start kicking this thing off, we're both going to be on a plane a couple of days. Yeah. So you really got to step it up. And so that's when I just got in my element. It's as natural as breathing for me out there. And I just went completely caveman and, and got it straight. And then I was honored seven months later when they gave, I had six days to get to the Amazon wow. and pick up where three people quit yeah. and do it again, which for me is my style of survival. And my brand is to go anywhere in the world with just a knife, and, and you can call me tonight and tell me I'm leaving tomorrow. Wow. I can go anywhere on the planet and feel confident with my skill set and uh, physical prowess that I'll get through it. And here, this is the, the difference. There are a few contestants, and you are one of them, a handful, um, that obviously love every single second of it. You, you love every second of it. Every second. And, and then they look at me towards the end. Uh, the last couple of days, I get very um, saddened, yeah. and, and I'm and I'm just coping with things and trying to figure out what did I get out of this this time, because every time I come out, you know, that's another story, but I'm sad because I'm leaving, yeah. and people say, well, why do you keep going back? Well, every time I go back, I come out a better survivalist, yeah. a more changed man, a better human, and closer to God. <laughs> wow. There you go. The thing that blew us away in this in this box at Kath the Raft. Oh, my God. EJ... <laughs> 
it's incredible. Okay, we've seen a few rafts being built on this this thing, and you know, with varying levels of success. <laughs> the raft you built had like a little bench seat. It was a luxury <laughs> five star primo <laughs> vessel. You virtually had a little outboard motor made out of twigs <laughs> and leaves. It was incredible, yeah. EJ. Thank you. That that was the Amazon Queen, and it wouldn't have held together if it wasn't for Laura's lashing. Because I'm a, I use a lot of uh, parachute cord to lash things down, and I'm not very good with primitive cordage and 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 lashing. And Laura's brilliant with it. And with that and bamboo sticks, the thing was completely 26 balsa logs. I think uh, 45 bamboo sticks and about over a hundred vines, and mm-hmm. that's all I held it together. But we didn't know how many days we were going to be on the water to get to rescue. Yeah. There's a lot of 20-foot 20, 20 caiman in the water. There's anaconda. There's a lot of dangerous things. So we needed to be able to fight off this thing. This is why I had some side rails so nothing could jump up on our, our vessel. Uh, the benches, when you pull the backstops off, were like sleeping benches oh my. in case we had to sleep on the boat. So <laughs> it was very thought out. It was um, a great uh raft and i'm sure that the peruvians are still using it today to take tours down amazon and it is properly dangerous we mentioned the producer we've got on tomorrow and i i tweeted the picture of his foot and then those people complained so i, I deleted it because, because it's it, horrific it is it's... it is horrific and and it is you know you are put in places where there are poisonous snakes where there are um, yes. uh, black widow spiders where there are sc- yep. well, things that can actually kill you um how th- th- are you afraid when you're there? I guess you kind of have to be to a certain extent no. to respect the environment. No, no, I'm never afraid. Right. Um, I have some concerns, but I'm never afraid because animals Concerns. will, they, they say animals sense fear. They can smell fear. Yeah. They truly can. Mm. Because when you get very scared, you put out um, hormones like uh, some kind of a chemical out into the atmosphere that they can smell. So I'm, an old soldier, so I have adapted my soldier strategies to my survival, uh, the way I move about in my survival situations, to where my head's on the swivel 24-7, I treat nature as if it's the enemy, so that I don't, or my partner, get hurt before it gets us. So, yeah. as long as you know where these creatures live, how they act, and fully understand that you're in their environment, but you need to be aware of it, you can... Um, skillfully avoid them uh, as necessary and take the right precautions because you'll see me the first thing i do in any survival situation if i'm in a primitive situation where i don't have a rifle or something better uh, i make a spear right away because that is uh, a good distance weapon and it's a smart probing stick uh and those spurred lances they always say Never be the third guy in the in the line when you're walking, and unfortunately, Steve was the third guy that oh, day. Man. Do you know you are the man I would want to be naked yeah. and afraid with, yeah. frankly, and I don't mean that in a sexy way. <laughs> well, let, talk to me about Laura because when we saw, we've only seen the one episode of you two together, and yeah. there was some tension there. Although you, were, I was really surprised yeah. that you apologised to her because I completely understood why yeah. you had the attitude that you had when you were well, sort of hunting. So yeah. that relationship must be quite special now. Yes, we're we're very close. Um, We've always been very close. We were talking prior to us meeting each other out there about different survival strategies. I really thought that she was the most capable survivalist that I saw on season one of everybody. And, you know, I've been teaching this stuff so I can recognize talent very well. And so when we were out there, when we talked about this animal being able to kill us and and, um, literally, uh, you know, it can shoot six, uh, I think they said 650 volts into your body. Mm-hmm. That was uh, pretty concerning. So 
I go to a place as a warrior where we call it the warrior spirit, and I get really ramped up, and I get bloodlusty in my eyes, and I just don't care, and I'm going to go ahead and take care of business because we need to eat. And so she misconfused my warrior spirit uh, with anger. Mm. And mm. I had to really come down, and it takes me a while, about an hour, to yeah. really come down off that before I could make sense and actually talk straight to her because in battle – you need that adrenaline. You need that sense. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, you get killed. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so she made a statement that it's not war. And I still beg to differ because I think it's a fight for your life out there. But I know enough that the team was more important than my pride and ego that I needed to set that aside for the betterment of the team. I offended her. I was kind of making fun a little bit, lightly joking to try to maybe, uh, you know, get her to ease down but um i realized that it 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 was disrespectful and it caused her you know she didn't like it and i had to be the bigger man just you know to to swallow my pride and ego and make sure that the team came first and she really mattered to me and i was glad i did Um, because i wouldn't I didn't want to leave there with that that negativity because I hate negativity. Oh no, you yeah. diffuse that situation beautifully. Um, I, I, I notice in your biog that you've done some acting as well, and you've appeared in one of what was one of my favourite favourite TV shows until the very last twenty five minutes when I felt they let me down. But you've appeared in Lost, and I've just googled it, and there's a great picture of you with Jeff Fahey, the lawnmower man in Lost. Oh, what, yeah, what did you Jeff do in Lost? Great friend. Oh, Jeff is. Well, I, 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 in, I interviewed I was Jeff. In Hawaii. Yeah. I was stationed in Hawaii with my last unit, and I was starting to get ready to, to retire, so I was looking for something else to get ready to do with my life, and I started doing military technical advising for the program. They were filmed in, completely in Hawaii, Yeah, and I did a season three. I was a U.S. Marshal, but they brought me back in season four to be the, the B-team leader of the freighter boat mercenaries. Wow. And wow, yeah. I met Jeff there. And Jeff's a great patriot for us. He does a lot of yeah. uh, humanitarian work overseas in the Middle East and Africa. And we hit it off so well, he became a, he's still a very good friend. Oh, wow. And it was an amazing experience to be part of such a great program. Yeah. And it was very respected in Hawaii. So oh, listen. I, I really got to be a part of something special. EJ, I was, I was obsessed with that show. And I got to present a few TV shows over here about Lost. And I was lucky enough. They flew me over to that island twice to go and film like I'm on the set of Lost. And I interviewed Jeff. Man, he is just the nicest guy in the world, isn't he? Oh, he's, 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 he's uh, top-notch. You can't find anybody who's more caring and giving than that guy right there. And he, he's different than the other Hollywood types. Yeah. He definitely walks a different drumbeat. Um, what's coming up next? And I, 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 Listen, I'm going I'm to tweet your website, because I know you've got, you've got some, he's got some Naked and Afraid t-shirts on there. I know what I'm ordering. Um, I'm going to tweet all that uh, and yeah. put all that stuff out there. What, what, what's the next project, then? Because I get the impression you're a man yeah. who doesn't like to sit still. I don't. And as a matter of fact, I've been working all day, because I'm always booking gigs, because I do a lot of motivationally speaking and mm. speaking. I do event appearances. I work for a lot of charities. Um, it's all on my website. I'm, I'm a very busy man. I'm, I'm working on a book. I write many magazine articles for Knife and Survival Magazine. Yeah. Um, I'm working for Give Kids a World Charity now, which helps terminally ill kids get to Disney World. Wow. For all paid expense trip for seven weeks or seven days. Sorry, not seven weeks. Seven weeks. That would and, be that would be a bit excessive, even for even yeah, for the biggest Disney excessive. fan. <laughs> yeah, only seven days, and then. If you go to shirtsickle.com, reality keys, EJ Snyder, I have 
about 12 t-shirts up there yeah. for purchase where all the proceeds go to my charity that uh oh, but i'm uh i've been running for about five different tv shows there may be some more naked afraid coming up in my future <laughs> um but you know i just don't rest like you said i'm an Good. entrepreneur i'm involved with a ton of different survival gears i've made i've created my own knife because my knife broke in africa so if you go to topslides.com look for the S- god i can see your knife look at the size of look at that baby that looks terrifying yeah this is skull crusher's extreme blade because extreme situations require an extreme blade so you can see that knife and it will be an XL. Uh, my prototype, the final test was done on XL1. Wow. So I went out there with my prototype knife, and what do you see what we do with it? And I just finished filming an As Seen on TV commercial uh, for a fire starter. It's really incredible. Wow. So if you go to my web, uh, website, ejsnyder.com, yeah. all my social media links are there. Please follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Brilliant. at ejsnyder333. I'm going to tweet it Facebook, all out there, man. It's EJ Skull Crusher Snyder. <laughs> you can't miss it. Get part of the, the Skull Crusher Nation. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, the official uh, YouTube channel, mm-hmm. EJ Snyder. We're rebuilding it. There's a lot of survival information. Brilliant. A little known fact about me is I'm a character comedian, so I do a lot what? of little skit things on there. Oh, I love you. I, 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 and... You're the man I want to be, EJ. I'm a, I'm, oh. a ter- I'm, a, I'm a middle-aged, overweight, puny, pale guy. You're the bloke I want to be, because you're nice as well oh. with it. Well, I try to be humble because I know these gifts are from God, and I know as, I, as long as I honor him, I have nothing to fear when I walk my steps in front of me. So um, my life is a credit to him because yep. I was a, a lost man for a long time. Wow. Not to put a pun on there. And uh, literally, my adventure in Tanzania saved everything about my life. And uh, I'm very grateful for it. And so I am on this planet to be an inspiration, a motivation to others, be tough as nails and a good leader when they need me in my community or wherever that may be Brilliant. and teach your Bible to others. So EJ, that's listen. why I motivate you speak. I'm working on a book. Um, if you want me, go to my website, ejstar.com, do a contact form, fill it out. And, um, I'd love to come out that way and do some speaking and, and be Dude, at some events. Listen, you've got our details. You get, you, you're welcome on this show anytime. You've got an open invitation, EJ, I promise you. And also when the, when the book comes out, let us know and we'll, we'll get you on and we'll have a chat about that. Well, that sounds great. And so I love you guys, and thank you for uh, contacting me. I know we have great fans out there in England. So (laughs) to all the fans in the United Kingdom, thank you so much for being supportive of Naked Afraid. Um, You know, it's it's been an honor to be part of it, and uh, I'm not done with it yet. I get a record (laughs) four time out there. But um, you guys call me anytime. Thank you, mate. Available to, to chat. EJ, so. it's an absolute pl- uh, pre- uh, pleasure. I can't speak tonight. A pleasure and a privilege. I like him a lot. He's brilliant, isn't he? I, I love him a lot. Honestly, he's so good in this show. And he does this thing that I'm trying to do more and more of, um, that the Americans do. We notice from the podcast. No, no shame about selling himself, as he shouldn't, as he shouldn't. In this world where you've got to shout loudly to get heard, and, and we as Brits go, well, and I, I hope you don't mind, I've got a YouTube, oh, I'm not going to mention it. The thing we got from the podcasts, listening to podcasts, and when we we're over there, they go on and go, right, I'm doing this, this, and this, and you can donate a few dollars here, and you can buy this, and there's, there's also this, and 
Beautiful. I love him. He was brilliant. Thanks for sorting that hey, out. No problem. He, I mean, he was more than happy to come on, as oh, you heard yeah, there. What yeah, a pleasant yeah. person. Oh, man. I love it. I'm going to. We'll do it. We're late for the ads. Who cares, guys? Only the uh, the advertisers throw us more dollars. Um, but EJ wouldn't be late for the ads. EJ wouldn't be late for the ads. EJ would eat the ads. He'd <laughs> cut the head off and, and drink its brain juice. Um, I love that. Thank you. Uh, the phones are open, dear listener. I'm going to go and tweet all of his details. 0344 991000, the late night alternative with me, Ian Lee, on Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Late night, Ian Lee, on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. I love that. Love that. We've got the. Don't. Listen, guys, I know not everyone digs naked and afraid as much as we do, but we've got the producer on tomorrow, the guy whose foot almost fell off. Um, and then we may have a little break, but we'll, we'll get some more. We'll get some more competitors on in the next few weeks because I'm. I just honestly, I'm obsessed with it. Obsessed with it. It's wonderful. Hey, I tell you, we were trying to. Uh, Barry Norman died. That's sad, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I can't imagine anyone had a bad word to say about Barry Norman. Film eighty four for me. Dun, 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 dun. I had the pleasure of sitting in an office several times and pretending not this. to be bothered by the fact that. Barry Norman was in the building. It was, you, you worked with his nephew or his something? His nephew was my boss. Wow. He was the boss at Three Counties for a long wow. time. The, the, the guy who hired me Norman, back in 2000. Norman. Mark Norman. Okay. Um, and his dad was Barry's... Norman Norman? Brother, who was a... Neville fil- Neville? Film director. Okay. Um, I think. Or was it their dad that was a film director? Anyway... Uh, explains the, the love of film. Anyway. Yes. Um, and Uncle Barry used to come to visit, <clears> and I remember him standing outside smoking a lot of fags. But did he really? Uh-huh. And he lived to 84, he yeah. was, I think, when he died. Well, yeah, yeah. that just proves smoking is good for your health. Absolutely. Um, yeah, brilliant. I, I, I mean, they're, 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 every film reviewer, for me, is, is pale. Even the, the, the magnificent Mark Commode, who I think is just majestic. But everyone pales into comparison, pales in comparison with, uh, with Barry Norman. Yeah, it kind of annoyed me um, that a lot of people were saying, oh, he's the guy that coined the phrase, and why not? He never said it. Did he not? Now, no. I, yeah, I read that and I read that he didn't say it. It was flipping it. Rory. What's his name? Rory Bremner. Yeah. The, the Mail Online, of course, posted a picture of Barry Took. I couldn't believe that. I thought Barry it was a Cryer, wasn't it? Barry Cryer, sorry, yeah. Barry Took. There's a, there's a blast from the past. Barry Cryer. Uh, someone sent me that. I said, oh, that's, that a, that's, a, a, that's a funny mock-up. No, they actually posted a picture of Barry Cryer under the headline, Barry Norman dies. And then online, we, then we, we talked about famous Barrys online, as, as one does, and um, uh, Barry Island. Um, Barry Lyndon. Who's Barry Lyndon? Oh, my goodness. It's a brilliant film with uh, Ryan O'Neill in it. Uh, oh, you know who directed that? Um, Winner? No, 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 no. no. It's the guy that directed uh, If with Leslie Anderson. It's a beautiful film. Lindsay Anderson. Lindsay Anderson, yeah. Um, Barry Cryer. Barry Took. um, Barry Sheen. Barry Court. um, That was it. But then we got talking about Michael Aspel. Um, Jay and Barry. Yeah, sure. Give you that. Um, That's it. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Um, then we got talking about Michael Aspel, mm-hmm. and I said, well, why isn't Michael Aspel on TV anymore? And someone said, is he dead? No. Someone said, well, he's, he's old, he's probably resting. But I'm sure I remember Michael Aspel going on this morning, sort of two or three years ago, recently, he's 84, and bemoaning the fact that he couldn't get any work as an older gentleman. But was that... Right, he did a spoof documentary, didn't he, where Pamela Anderson said that she'd um, had an affair with him and stuff. Oh, well, apparently I did So I that. wonder whether that was all part of the run-up to that. 
It may, it may have been morose and no, no, no. No, it was a genuine. Um, I think it was a, a genuine. Right. Um, I'm, I can't get can't get work, which is crazy because he's brilliant. I mean, he was never the most probing interview. It was no, always a gentle chat with him. But that's was, fine. He was charm personified, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was class. Um, we used to have a show. I know you probably don't remember it called the Six O'clock Show, which is where Danny Baker got his big break, and that was hosted by um, uh, by Michael Aspel. I don't really remember Ask Aspel, but Aspel and Co. There's a, I mean Aspel and Co. Saturday nights, I think that was on ITV. I remember the Monkees being on there. I remember um, George Harrison and Ringo Starr being on there in the days when when you could go on and smoke as a as a guest, and um, and Ringo I think was 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 pissed. Um, but but uh, so we, we're trying to track down Michael Aspel yeah, for I've a little chat. His agent a message. Let's see what happens. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago a, a mysterious letter I was writing to someone. I've not had a reply, so I'm going to say who it was. Richard O'Sullivan. Richard O'Sullivan, star of Man About the House. Blessed. No, not Blessed. Man About the House. Robin's Nest was Me the spin-off. Me and my girl. Dick Turpin. Dick Turpin. Oh, I loved that. Oh, God, it was great. And um, he kind of retired a while ago. I think he may have had a little um, problem with the juice. I certainly know he had a stroke about 10 years ago, and he, he lives in a, in a care home now. And um, I, I always thought he was impenetrable, but, but on my record label, um, my business partner, Glenn, as a little side project, released the Dick Turpin theme. He sold precisely seven copies of it. You can get it, 7A Records, Dick Turpin theme, it's out there. Um, and he released the Dick Turpin theme, I think, for Record Store Day. And he sent a copy to Richard O'Sullivan at this care home, expecting nothing of it. A week later, he got it back signed. Oh. Signed. So I thought I would take my chances, and I sent a little letter saying, look, I'd love to interview you. Failing that, if you just want someone to come and have a cup of tea, come and have a cup mm -hmm. of tea, I've heard nothing back. And I expect to hear nothing back, but that would be... Um, that would be an interview. I think if we've learned anything from 2017, yep. it's ask. Yeah, no, exactly. The number of people that come back and say yes. And you never know. I, I'm still holding out hope that that, Richard, that that letter is sat there and Richard is considering. And I said, I, I sent a letter, you know, so proper old-fashioned thing. I do find that with these interview requests, yep. the Americans are more forthcoming yep. than the Brits for some reason. Maybe they're expecting snideness and i don't think that's necessarily because it comes from you just because if you've not been um visible in show business for you know 20 odd years and you used to be massive maybe they're expecting someone to get yeah. them on and take the mickey out of them yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah I met, i'll never forget when i interviewed paul daniels when i was at absolute and uh, he was waiting, he was he was on guard for the whole mm. interview uh, and I've, I've spoken to other people who've interviewed him and he was on on guard for the whole interview waiting for the but really i think you're crap mm. and it wasn't it was it was on the phone and i was just sat there with a ridiculous grin because he was when i was when i was eight he was mr saturday night i had the paul daniels magic set and it was it was and i was obsessed you know i got into ali bongo as all of this um and and and, and it's sad isn't it but i i, I can understand why because you know we're, we're talking to tom about his book the postcard but we're living in the age of the snide and i have a history of being snide the 11 o'clock show and other stuff i've done has been snide you know and and and, and mean and uh, but really we, we think you're crap um and, and actually you know the thing i did with eddie large you know i think eddie was uh, at some point was waiting for the the, the, the punchline you know and then when he realized there wasn't going to be a punchline and it was genuine and yeah. i and i said look i'm going to lose money on this but i want you know it's not it's about the thrill of doing it he kind of embraced and that, that event was amazing it's good and well wasn't it? worth doing it was good that it was good that i enjoyed that um a lot but um hey uh, tom i'll come to you in a second um august the 11th is it is it august the 11th or august the 2nd what who am i meeting for a coffee give you a clue
Ooh, baby, do you know what that's worth? Oh, it's... I'm meeting Belinda Carlisle in Star. It's not the but... 11th, because that's the day before my birthday, and I'd remember that. Okay, is it the 2nd? It's in August. I, it's, it's in my diary. I the 4th. Okay, sure. But it's in my diary. It's in so... my diary. It's in her diary. Ian's in uh, Belinda's diary. It's not. It's in her agent's diary. Ian Lee is in Belinda's diary. It's not. You're not. And she's, I um, know you are. worried about what she's going to no, tell her she's, husband. She's not. Ooh, baby, do you know what that's worth? Love is, love is a big, scary animal. Do you know what my favourite one of hers is? Yeah, go on. Darling, leave the light on oh, for me. Oh, I'd like to leave the light on for you. Tom's on the line. Good evening, Tom. Hello, Ian. Hello, Tom. Yeah. Yeah, it was just about the, uh, the tattoo. I suppose you before, Ian, on the... <laughs> on the flat earth business with Sharon. Oh, yeah, you're the potty mouths who believe the earth is flat. Yeah, yeah, okay. well, I'm, I'm pretty convinced now, actually. What, 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 uh, what's the latest evidence on, from the uh, flat earthers? Uh, do you know what? Since I'm kind of. Uh, since. Uh, 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 I'm, they're still going on about it. So it's getting bigger and that on, the news, uh, on Facebook and all that. But yeah. I don't really be interested. I'm interested in that. <laughs> <laughs> There's that's another story about what I've been into. What, what are you into? But, um, it... I'm convinced about it's flat, but I'm almost more interested because, you know, it's, it's breathing the earth, it's alive, and it? it's got like a pulse and everything. What? I'm more interested in what it is. What? It, what hang on, what is it? What is the earth? Well, the earth? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. what, is, what I mean, is the earth? Well, it's alive, isn't it? Well, huh? what, what, it's do... and... Yeah. You know, and, and he's breathing with the lights and the northern lights, and all that. so it's a lot of that. I'm more interested in in what what if it, if it's possibly that it is any is, is huh? some you know what I mean? More to it. I don't. Here's the thing. I don't know what you mean. Mother Earth, if you like. Yes, but do you think the Earth is sentient? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Earth can think. The. Mm. <laughs> oh. Uh, <laughs> hey. What? Go on. Yeah. I've got hmm? a little bit outrageous, actually, my earth, what I think. Let's hear your earth theory, because honestly, uh, it won't be, it can't be more outrageous than some of the stuff we have on this show. Well, first of all, I, I realise it's all, it's all about sounds, yeah. It like, you know, the earth likes music, it likes it, you know. Okay. Hmm? Think about earth, ear, spell it ear, earth, the, ear, the, 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 you know, I don't really think there's any, I, think, I don't think space is spicy, but I think what? that's water beyond its eye. Space is ice. Being its eye. What, so, sp yeah, hang on, earth, what, space is the, the, is the earth's eye? Sorry? Did you say space is the earth's eye? No, I, I think space is just the other side of the lens, it's, it's eye. The, um, mm. uh, like, um, if you want to imagine something huge, we don't, we've got no conception of size, really, have we? We wouldn't say, what, the, the universe is so many million bazillion miles, and that's so, we, really, we can't really go on size, it's just, but I think a, it's a, <laughs> oh. I can't say it's going to be too embarrassing, but... Go on, say it. Say it. don't be embarrassed, Tom, no one knows okay, who you are, say okay. it, go on. I think, I think, I think, I'm not saying it's like, exactly like the ones on Earth, but... The, it's a... <laughs> Go on, say it, Tom. Earth is basically, we're on the shout, well, the earth, the ear, the earth. The ear, the earth. It's like, 
the shower of uh, Go on, say it. Giant, I mean, the unbelievable, unbelievable giant sized squid. <laughs> yeah? And, uh, it, I don't know. I think I think the two of them. I think there was like an octopus. Hang on. The the, the, the yeah, okay. That you think the Earth is a giant <laughs> squid? I've never seen a flat squid. Yeah. Well, you know, a flat squid. Sorry, no one. No one. Because you I'm thought the Earth was flat. The surface of the Earth is like it's on its. Um, it has a protective like shell. Octopuses then, but they have like these protective. Um, yes. Uh, what's it word? Skull shell kind of thing. Skull shell, yes. And I think what? that they're, they're all transparent as well, so um, we probably wouldn't even know, like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. Like all, uh, their eyes have got mirrors on the back of them, so if it is a sky, it's all, you know, yes. the them. You called in about tattoos tonight, Tom. Let's let's I try and get on firmer yeah. territory yeah. with tattoos, yeah. even though I'm, I'm enjoying the, uh, the, 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 yeah. the stoned ramblings that, about the earth. Let's hear uh, about tattoos. I've got, I've got loads of foods on that, that but, um, yeah, I'll do three or forever. But the t- tattoos, yeah, I mean, I think they, them ones where they can test them out, they look really real, is a good idea. People should really... Oh, like the ones where you lick your arm and then you rub the tattoo on? <laughs> yeah. Hmm? You get them, these 3D ones, is it like? And 3D the tattoos? What, that, like, stick out of your <laughs> arm? Hey, I don't know, what is it, hey, there's ones you can get that last about so many weeks and that, and they're quite convincing. So you, you're suggesting that people should get a 3D tattoo just to see if they like it, then if, if they, they like it, they, they can get a... It. But, sorry? If they're considering having a tattoo... Yeah. Because, I mean, I've had a few that... Uh, I've got about five tattoos, and I've got about one of them. What's, <laughs> what's the worst tattoo you've got, Tom? Worst tattoo? Oh, God. Well, the name of it on my chest. What is it? No, it's not the worst. No, I quite like it actually because my baby's mother. But my worst tattoo. Yeah. Uh, probably like a like a masked man, like like a mysterious kind of cloaked kind of <laughs> octopus. Now, um, yes. mysterious masked mysterious squid. Guy, like sprinkling. Um, Stardust or something like that. Stardust or down. something, yes. Because back in the 90s, um, everyone was getting like Tasmanian devils and all Oh, God, like that. weren't they? I <laughs> hate the Tasmanian devil. What? He was a crap <laughs> character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. I mean, luckily, they, they, they weren't the biggest. They, they weren't the easiest to cover because they were any little. But um, I mean, I was having six, several mates that had different types of. Okay. Cartoon, you know. Yes. Oh, God, I do. I do. I do. <laughs> well, Paul, is, uh, uh, Paul, Tom, it's always great to talk to you, mate. Thank yeah. you so much for that. Yeah, uh, and yeah, and I think it's all man, also down to choice, and it pe- people, it's not if it's not affecting anyone. Yes, people, it's their choice, and it. it we, but but ah, but it's but we're the ones that have to look at, look at it. Yeah, that's true. But we don't have to look at it because we can look away. Or I don't want to look. I want to look ahead. If and if you if it's about a job, then that's affecting someone. So then. Maybe, you know, they shouldn't have the I would make tattoos illegal. I would ban oh, them. And if you had a tattoo, you would be executed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it. Yeah. If, I were, if I were the king of the world... 
what if you want to have one of the, the celestial gods on your arm like an octopus or something? You know I hadn't I mean? thought of that, actually. Yeah, the celestial <laughs> octopus. Well, thanks, well, Tom! Power, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it certainly is. That was a great call, Tom. Thank you very much indeed. I got a lot from that. Um, the main thing is... Oh, three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Uh, no, me neither. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Ah, oh, dear listener, it really is a late night show, isn't it? Uh, you can call in about absolutely anything you want. I'll go through the papers in a bit, and um, why have I written that? Down? Oh, things you hid from your parents. We ca- I mean, we can do that as a phone-in. I can't remember where that conversation came from, but we can do that, things you hid from your parents. I was going to do as well, I tell you what I don't like. I'll tell you what I don't like. We can do that. I'll tell you what I don't like. It's this new trend for lycra leggings um, where there are little sections of it made of like a netting material. Do you know what? We saw a waitress. Where was this? Um, oh, in the in the burger place around the corner. And she was wearing these black lycra leggings but behind the knee was a, 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 a an area that was um it was it was kind of opaque it was a, i don't like that and you see that more and more oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand i'll tell you what i don't like jerry's on the line evening jerry hello how are you i'm very well thank you jerry how are you Doing a bit of at the moment. Yes. I've got some famous Barrys for you. Oh, yeah, we're doing famous Barrys as well, of course, Barry yes. Barry Bethel. Um, oh, yeah, um, clip bang. Slim Fast Plan. Yeah. Oh, okay, no, who was the, um, the clip bang guy? I don't know. Oh, okay. No, I don't ring gay bells, that doesn't. No, okay. Barry Manilow. Yeah, we go. We go we're, we're, we're doing a full list of Barrys, yes. And there's John Barry. Oh, Chris Barry. Chris Barry. Well, both. We got both. John Barry. John Barry was the composer, wasn't he? He did all yeah, the, like, E.T. and stuff, yeah. And uh, you're a social and nice guy. I've read to his nursery once. Yeah. Saying about his dick tooping for them. He's he, he brought his sister, his, he brought his sister with me a letter back saying he read it and he thanked him for it. And we, and uh, he did his autograph. It's just, Right, yeah, it does. Back. He's not. He's not very well, bless. So I'm well. expecting to hear nothing back. But even if he just gets the letter, and uh, hopefully it doesn't upset him too much, and hopefully it might just bring a little smile yeah, to his uh, face. I'm expecting a reply to all. Yeah. That Bundy Carlisle song, Leave a Light On. Did George Harrison write the guitar solo on it? Oh, I don't know. Well, I, I, well, well, I will ask her when I have coffee with her in a yeah, few I'm weeks' time. With. I can't figure out because I'm the sound down. Um, Ed, I know you're leaving tomorrow, but could you turn Catherine's microphone on, please? Unbelievable. He's getting his revenge. Actually, Ed, can you turn Catherine's microphones off? <laughs> oh, go on, just put it on and be kind to her. But um, I don't know if uh, Catherine's wanting to say something. Yeah, you, you're meeting on the 8th, I've discovered. Thank you very much indeed. And, uh, Unless I intervene, and I might if you carry on. Well, we might. Uh, well, there may be no show on the 8th, as I will be um, eloping to uh, <laughs> not um, Golders Green. Um, not Gretna Green. Thank you very much indeed. That's well. in this country. Sorry? In this she lives in this country. She lives in this country. I think she lives in Brighton. Aren't you thinking of Tiffany? I think we're alone now. Yeah, Steady. Tiffany married an Englishman. Yeah, no, I think Belinda Carlisle lives in this country. She's lost it, she has Tiffany. No, shut up, man, what are you talking about? She looks like a baggage. Yeah, get she out. She does I'm not. I'm cutting Jerry off, I don't do it that very often, but he's getting cut Outrageous. off. Outrageous. Evening, Paul! Sitting in an English garden, waiting for the sun. 
The sun don't shine. Oh, it's the oh, I'm the walrus. Uh, there we go. Well done. Beautiful. I am the walrus. I was Ooh. in the English garden today waiting for the sunshine. And did it did it come, sir? You know what? I got fascinated by the clouds. Yeah. They were so beautiful. Hey, this is the thing, right? And I don't want to sound like an old head, okay? But, yeah. Clouds are incredible. Why don't we pay more attention to clouds? Because they are just like moving works of art. I get sucked into clouds. Oh, There's God. So everything, different shapes, uh, you know, different weight in them. Yeah. And it's made up of, the they're just water. They're amazing yeah, clouds. They just float on by, don't they? They're beautiful clouds. Clouds don't care. But look, the sun did get through eventually. And Good. I was sitting there and I was thinking, isn't this... Because you just mentioned what is Earth. Yeah. And I thought, this planet Earth is so sensationally beautiful. Yeah. It's just yeah. mind-blowing. He's right. He's, he, he is. And here's the thing, right? Us humans are here for but a blink of an eye, okay? We will be gone one day and planet Earth will carry on without us for billions more years. Well, I was thinking this, right? There's cold rocks out there, there's hot rocks out there, yeah. but there's nowhere like planet Earth. It's yeah. just so majestic and beautiful. Yeah, it's good. And then I thought something else, Ian, yeah. and this is really head stuff. Uh oh, go on. We are the only people who are conscious of this. Nobody else would ever even acknowledge it, you know? It's only us human beings that are aware of how beautiful it all is. Well, okay, now, there's, now, there, th there, Paul, is a great philosophical question. Thank Can you, thank you. Can, well, no, it's a great one. Can animals experience beauty? Can I don't yeah, know if they can. They just live on instinct, don't they? We can package beauty, we can appreciate, we can stand back and, and yeah. we can reproduce it, you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we're part of something incredible because this earth is so magical and yet we're the only people who can recognise this. Hmm. And uh, it, it, it's religious to me, you know? It's like it's... It's beyond yeah. the norm. Oh, you know it's, I mean? whether it's you're whether one is religious or not, it is. It is. A, if you once you consider the earth and what it is and the things around, it is a spiritual thing. You know, whether that you are you are of a faith or you you know you just it is a spiritual um, a, a connection. Thank you for that, Paul. That's a lovely call. Oh, thank you, Ian. Thanks, mate. Have a good, great night. Ta-ta. I enjoyed that. I wonder whether some animals can um, experience beauty, you know. There Go are some on. animals that create amazing, for example, nests that are, like, intricately yes. done. For example, the house martin, it builds that kind of round It's nest. happy hour again. No, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Really precise. Or, you know, the honeycomb of the bee. If they didn't care about what it looked no. like, they'd just slap it no, together, no, wouldn't no, they? No, 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 no. There was a great... Um, I remember studying this at college when I was doing psychology. There was a great experiment where they gave spiders different drugs right. to see what effect it would have on their web building. And I can't remember. I know that, that when they gave them speed, um, it started off being really ornate and then it just went... The, 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 the kind of... It became a very rushed job. Yeah. When they gave them LSD, it became like this weird... Because the spider's web is amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. But the LSD, it became this weird kind of thing. And the, the, if you Google it, the, the spiders on drugs. <laughs> honestly, it's a brilliant, brilliant... Um, I can't believe I, some of the things I Googled on this I show. I remember about five of them, and they were all really significantly different. So what I'm saying is, give... Uh, yeah, but that means that they've got a plan, and they... Nature's plan. God's plan. And they have a set view of hey, how it should be. Here we go. Let's, let's celebrate something beautiful. And I may have heard <gasps> this before. Yes. Go on, what have you got? 
Well, the different shapes. So oh, those are the pictures normal. I had at college. Marijuana, it's got to be cold they in got it, off like into the corner, isn't it? What yeah. was... Caffeine's all over the shop, like a stained glass window. LSD, it's all in the middle. Wow, isn't that funny? And in the corner, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Good for them. Mary Jo, they, they can't be bothered. Mary Jo, listen to listen to the straight. I think she means Mary Jane. Um, <laughs> speaking of beauty, I think I've heard this before, but um, 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 Sam just texted this in, and I've typed in, and we're, we're going to hear this. This is um, I'm, I'm on a bit of a Beach Boys jag, and we're discussing beauty. So let's play this. This is the the most beautiful song ever written, but just the vocals. Okay, so just just indulge me. It's only two minutes and forty three seconds long. So just indulge me with this, if you would, Edward. If you'd turn the microphones off, please. I may not always love you, but long as there are stars above you, you never need to doubt it. I'll make you so sure about it. God only knows what I'd be without you. If you should ever leave me, Though life would still go on, believe me, the world could show nothing to me. So what good would living do me? God only knows what I'd be without you. But still go on, believe me The world could show nothing to me So what good would living do me? God only knows what I'd be without you God only knows what I'd be without God you. only knows what I'd be How was that, says Bruce Johnston in the fade-out. Was that cool? Oh, shivers down the spine. Shivers down the spine. I think um, Carl was 18 or 19 when he sang that. A baby. 
I'm really digging the Beach Boys at the moment. They've just released this brilliant double CD called 1967, I think it is, 68. Um, and it's um, a, a, a remastering or a remixing of their, their album, Wild Honey, which is I just think is a wonderful album. It's when they'd kind of taken too many drugs and they'd stripped everything back. And it's this beautiful stereo mix of it. And then there's loads of outtakes. And I'm just, I listen to the stereo mix of it. Oh God, you hear all this stuff. And I, I know that. It's one of my favourite Beach Boys albums. I know it inside out. But I'm hearing all of this stuff I've never heard before. It's marvellous. They really are. The Monkees are my favourite band. But the Beach Boys are, without a shadow of a doubt, the best band in the world. What a great two hours of radio. We have another hour to go, dear listener. Things you hid from your parents. I'll tell you what I don't like. Famous Barry's, and now we're kind of discussing art. And uh, and Paul poses a brilliant question indirectly: Can animals appreciate beauty? Oh, remind me to tell you about the cat video as well that I saw today. I tweeted it; it made me laugh a lot. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. The late night alternative with me, Ian Lee, on Talk Radio. Talk Radio. For some reason on Twitter and my timeline, lots of people are saying they were the posh ones on their estate. I used to get beaten up on my estate, my council estate, for being posh. 0344 499 is the telephone number. My name is Ian Lee. Good evening, and you're listening to Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Who has made a covenant with the night and with the darkness he is in agreement. Uncut after hours conversation for the up all night generation. Late night Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Here's the thing, bands. On the week that the Stone Roses split up again... And Spandau Ballet split up again. Here's the thing, bands. The things that caused you to split up in the first place will uh, rise up when you reform and cause you to split up in the second place. It's like getting married to the same person for a second time. You may feel all excited and horny and remember what turned you on, but very, very quickly, guys, you remember why you got divorced. And Mr. Spandau Ballet, I'm sure that is what has happened to you. 0344 499 Just a quick note, Paul in Stoke Poaches has uh, e- emailed in. Paul, uh, I'm, not, I'm not refusing to answer your call. I don't answer the calls. But if you remember last week, we just said, maybe sit this week out. Just sit this week out. That's what we said. He phoned when we are in the middle of quite a long guest. Yeah. Sit this week out. Which you'll know if he was listening. Yeah. Sit this week out. Um, Tony's called in. Good evening, Tony. Hi, uh, how you doing, Ian? I'm doing all right, Tony. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I've got a little bone to pick with you, actually. Oh, go on, pick my bone. Yeah, yeah, OK, right. Last show you did on Friday night, towards the end, uh, you had another Tony on, yeah, and you was talking about science. OK, well, you, I don't remember, but go on. I had another Tony okay. on, we were talking about something, right, okay, yes? No, it's a Tony and Barnet. anyway. Um, <laughs> okay, so, like, I want to put something to you. You were talking about scientific facts, and, you know, that... Oh, I anyway. remember, yeah, 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 he was the guy that, uh, uh, ghosts, talking about ghosts. All right, well, look... Because uh, you, you, you sound like you're up yeah. for... You're, you, you, you could um, have me against the ropes in a verbal argument. Oh, look, I could have a go, like, you know, I mean, Schrodinger's cat, think about that one, if you know what it means. Scratch your head. I know exactly what it means. What do you think it means? 
I know exactly what it means as well. It basically, you don't live the cat's dead or alive. No, no, that, you, you, you no, 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 no. Come that's, on then, come on, let's have it. Well, Tony, that's not what it means. Try again. Because you sound like an intelligent man and you've called in and, and you've you okay, brought Schrodinger's cat. Try again. Uh, okay, I'll put it back a different way. No, then, put like, it, stick with, stick with Schrodinger's cat. The Schrodinger's cat experiment, yeah. it proved, yeah, that, like, you know them uh, neutrons that they smash together, like, yeah, in that big tunnel thing, 18 miles long, like, in Europe somewhere. Uh, basically, like, they've realised that, like, the Schrodinger cat theory is true. Well, you've no, not told me what Schrodinger's cat theory is. I don't think well, you know. You don't know if something's dead or alive until you actually no, look at it. No, that's not what it is, no. It's not whether something's dead or alive until you actually look at it. Want to try a third time? Go on, you tell me. No, then. you Go tell on. me, Tony. You brought it into the conversation. I know the answer, but I didn't bring it up in the conversation. Give yeah, me a well, third I time. It up. Right, right. I was listening to you, like, the no, other No, 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 no. Third time. Listen. Third time lucky. What is Schrodinger's cat? What does, what does it prove? It proves, uh, like, uh, neutrons <laughs> when they slide against each other. No. No, yeah, it, no it doesn't. No, it doesn't prove neutrons Go when on, they then. Prove, what's it prove? What's it prove, Ian? I'm not going to tell you, Tony. Oh, you get... Come on. Well, I didn't bring it into the conversation. I, it's, I'm not here to... It's not a dick-measuring oh, competition. I'm not here to, to show everyone how intelligent I am, but I, I didn't bring oh, Schrodinger's cat... you trying to do a James O'Brien on me, are you? Well, no, I'm going to give you the gift of um, self-learning. Why don't you go away, and um, before you phone up to have a pop and, and start being all clever with your Schrodinger's cat, um, go and read about it and look it up and study it like I have done, and then when you know about it, you can come back and we can talk about it. Yeah, so you don't know if it's dead or alive until you have the box when you put all the poison in it, do you? Um... Exactly. No, you're not. You're not close. You're not even close. No. (laughs) Yeah, I am close. No, you're not. You've described. You've described it. You've described the box. You've described the cat. You've 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 got the poison. Eventually, it's dead or alive until you open the box. But what does that? But what? What? What use is that that to us? It's in two places. Here we go. Here we go. We're getting close. We're getting closer to it. It could be dead. It could be alive. But you don't know until you actually open the box. Right. That's showing his cat theory. But you got. I mean, how can you prove it until you open the box? No, uh, shall I? Uh, okay, I'm going to help you because this is painful and it's making me uncomfortable. Okay, go on. And I don't know if you have the ability to Google it, so I will tell you. Schrodinger's cat is—it's uh, a hypothetical thing. Schrodinger didn't actually put a cat into a thing, into a box. There was no poison released because there was no cat. There was no box, but he—he he uses that. And by the way, Schrodinger, the the the, the cat in the box thing, right? That's right. like um. That's half a paragraph in his entire scientific output. It's, it, you know, he wrote... That was a tiny, right. tiny thing to him, OK? That was not... But that's the thing that everyone remembers him. That's the thing that people like yeah. you remember him for. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. I mean... Because you, you just click yeah. onto the little funny stories. But, it, yes... Now, listen, it, but Ian, uh, Ian, hello? Ian, I was about Ian, to tell you what it Ian. meant, but OK, go on. Ian, I was just trying to put across the point, like, you know... Very badly. I mean, how would you know if that cat was dead or alive anyway? Right. Schrodinger's cat, the theory behind it is that um, uh, t- two things can exist uh, in two... In the same place at the same time, yes. 
Yeah, in two different states at the same time, yes. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I was bringing neutrons into it. OK, right. What's this got to do with the call on Friday, Tony? I'm very confused, as I suspect you might be. No, I'm not that confused. I just got... I just thought, you know, because I was listening to you to rip someone else apart, I thought, I'll try and rip you apart, but I don't think I'm working. No, no, right, not so. at all. And unfortunately, I've ended up ripping you apart. Oh, dear. Oh, well, anyway, I'll speak to you later, yeah? Thanks very much indeed for calling, Thanks, Tony. I think, although that was six minutes of radio, we're never going to get back. Um, speaking of ghosts, David Badcock, who I suspect has been on the Sherbets this evening, because he sent me a DM uh, on Facebook, and it was, the spelling was atrocious. And I've seen these, these Facebooking people, the spelling is atrocious. Now, what will happen is, he will, uh, tomorrow, when he sobers up, he will either say... I was hacked, um, or it was... Penetrated by a spirit. Penetrated by... Well, let's, let's, let's speak to him now. Good evening, Mr. Badcock. How wrong you are. Sorry? How, how, how wrong you are. How drunk you are, sir. No. Pardon my French, but who the, what the chuffing hell was wrong with him? (laughs) I think he may have been, um, I don't know. I think he may have been both dead and alive at the same time. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Well, yes. Um... Uh, I may not always love you. Oh. As long as there are stars above you. He's definitely drunk. Mm-hmm. No, no, not Ashley. Succubus. But, but. But? I'm wondering if you'd like to take part in my little Facebook game. Um, sure, why not? Have you had a look? Um, let me, uh... Right. I'll fill. So, I'll describe this for the boys and girls at home. Okay. You're sat on a sofa. Yes. Wearing a hat indoors. You won't feel the benefit. I I've suspect... got a bad scalp. Yeah, you're going bald. And you're holding something that's covered by a sock. My sock. And it says here, bit of fun for a Monday. What is in my sock? And why am I distressed? Comment below... For a bit of fun. So we have to guess what's in your sock and why you're distressed. Just to read out a few of the guesses already? Let's go, let's have a look at the guesses, uh, shall we? Is it a cucumber? No. That's, uh, Christopher Nicholas says, a kind of EU cheese? No. Um, Juliet says, is it the remote control and you can't play teletext? Absolutely not. You've put no twice there? No, no. Rosie says, is it a hot dog, and are you distressed because it now tastes of feet? And what do I say? You say, neither, love. And Christopher then says, is it, is it a lovely, big, hard cock? Well, I've been severed, wouldn't it? I'd be distressed. And what do I say? Don't be revolting. Yeah. More comments. Mark says, is it a tiny Derek Cora? <laughs> <laughs> no. <Nope. laughs> Alex says, is it John Leonard's harmonica? John Leonard? <laughs> no. Nope. Ben Lord says, is it a spook? <laughs> <laughs> a tiny sock. No. <laughs> Can I have a guess? <laughs> yes. Is it... Is it a chorizo sausage and the distress is caused by the quandary? Do you pronounce it chorizo and sound like an idiot or do you call it chorizo and sound wrong? Well, um, 
No, but uh, if you ever want to prove that point to someone, just uh, make them say, I beat her. Or, uh, sorry, I beat her. Mm. Okay, one of the two. You get it. Um, is it, um... Is it a candle and your lights have gone out? You've got a power cup. Well, it, well, it's, it's... No, the lights are on in the photograph, aren't they? Well, that could be a flash. Flash why, why photography. Don't dis- why, why don't you describe it, what it looks like to the, the listeners? Well, it looks like a candle in a sock. A big, fat candle in a sock. I'd say it's more marrow size than um, oh, is it? cucumber. Yeah. That's very co- complimentary. Well. Oh. oh. It's not, it's not like that. It's not, okay. It's not modelled on yourself, is it? No, I've got a very tiny pins. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, well, it's certainly given the listener something to think about. I'm, I'm willing to reveal it exclusively on air. Okay, go on. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one. Th- I tell you what, let's get David Badcock on just before one o'clock and we can play the, I'll tweet a link to that page. We'll get, call him back at one, whether he's awake or not, yeah. and we'll get him back on. That's, I mean, that's 45 minutes of radio. What is David Badcock holding? What's in Badcock's sock? And why is he so distressed? Um, oh, three, four, four. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. The late night alternative with me and Leon Talk Radio. Uncut after hours conversation for the up all night generation. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Um, at Ian Lee, I A I N L E at Flippin No G Kath on Twitter, and I've just tweeted uh, the picture. By the way, a uh, couple of things. Um, new episode. Of sorry, new episode of um, the Door into Summer, the uh, homebrew music show I do, is on Mixcloud. Now here's the thing: episode three, it's, it's just growing. It's three point one thousand, so three thousand one hundred, I guess, is another way of saying that. No, episode two has had three thousand one hundred. Episode three has had about two hundred and seventy. So there's a big, big drop off there. So we might knock that on the head. No, carry on. Huh? Um, it's, if you go to uh, mixcloud.com slash Ian Lee, you can go and hear the lovely music I do. Um, this sun- Now, this Sunday is confusing, guys, because um, I'm on Virgin Radio, starting my new show um, on Virgin Radio, Sunday mornings, 10 o'clock till 1 um, o'clock. Uh, this first one is, I'm afraid to say, it's going to be pre-recorded. Okay? Mm. So I'm sorry about that. Because, and the, the, well, no, the reason it's being pre-recorded is because we will be in Newcastle. Um, doing a show. Now, it's the rabbit hole. It'll be five o'clock on Sunday evening. It's always about four-hour drive, isn't it? It's long. So get back about two o'clock in the morning, and then I've got to take my eldest to the dentist. Um, so, so we're doing that, and there are, there are still tickets available. There are 266 tickets available. I'm, I'm going to say it, guys. We've sold 34. The place holds 300 we had a bit of a rush. It, we, we sold seven uh, over the weekend, but the place holds three hundred, and we have sold thirty-six. And I'm going to insist everyone 34. sits on the back row, <laughs> so we'll just shout to you. Yeah. Um, so you know, we're not cancelling it. We tried, <laughs> um, but if you want tickets, if you um, Google the stand Newcastle Rabbit Hole, they're only a tenner. Um, and if you live in Newcastle and you don't come, we will find out where you are and we will firebomb your property. That is happening. Um, let's see what people are saying on Twitter about David Badcock's um, picture. Is it a cactus? It's what the ghost left after it entered him. Um, oh. Waterstones in Uxbridge says, it's, is it his lost childhood? 
Is it a dead parrot? Um, um, <laughs> Pat says, is David Badcock single? If so, would he and the thing in the sock come round for a fish supper? Is it vibrator? Um, very childish, Ruby. Come on now, for goodness sakes. Um, 03444991000 is the telephone number if you uh, want to give us a call. And, um, God damn it, you can't. Oh, there's mm-hmm. an interesting thing in the mirror. Barry Norman's greatest films of all time. Now, how, mm-hmm. do we, how do we know this? Okay. Because he said. All right, mate. It was his job, wasn't it? That's true. Pick a year and I'll give you his, his favourite. All right, 1998. Oh, oh, he hasn't got a 1998. Ha! He obviously didn't watch any films that year. No, he's having the year off. Go on, pick, give us another year. Mm, 2000. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Oh, do you like that film? Yeah, I do like it, actually, because it's beautiful. It is beautiful. I don't really get it, though. It's, sl- okay. it's slow karate. Mm. Slow karate. On strings. Well, all the best karate films are on straight. The classical karate films, before Bruce Lee came in and um, dicked around with the genre, mm. uh, they're all on strings. And so you keep their leg up, they go... Ba-dunga, 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 ba-dunga. Makes it tricky to copy at home, though, doesn't yes, it? Yes, it does. It does. Go on, give us another year. Uh, 1979. Apocalypse Now. Oh. Overly long. Tedious. I've never seen it. I don't think I've ever seen it. Was that stupid bit where one of the actors, um, is it... Brando? No. The man who played the president with MS in the West Wing, his son, um, had tiger juice. Ah, yes. Uh, Charlie Sheen's dad, Martin Sheen. Yes, Michael Sheen. Isn't no, he... No, Martin Sheen. Yes. Doesn't, isn't there that scene in there where Michael Sheen smashes Sheen. a mirror... And he cuts himself. I cut my. But you listen to. There's a documentary about the, the documentary about the making of Apocalypse Now is great. I cut myself, but I just carried on acting through the blood. Of course you did. What? <laughs> it is a stupid. Stop me! I'm so. I'm really sorry. I've cut myself. Can we stop for a second, guy? I carried on acting through the blood. Oh, shut rock up, you hard. idiot. Um, he likes um, quite boring films. To, oh. kill, to Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, no, that's a beautiful film. What no, are you talking about? I've never <gasps> seen it. I've seen oh, my. I bought that for my dad for Father's Day once. Um, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's just a list of films. Go on, let's do another one. Well, yeah, go on then. I, just uh, don't, I don't think this has got any More legs. recent. When did he stop doing them? So I can... He did 2001 to 2011. All right, so uh, let's do 2010. Okay, so 2001 to 2011... The Harry Potter films. Oh, no. What an absolute chump. Um, here we go. I mean, the first one, bless them, they're tiny and all, but they're crap actors, go. aren't here they? Here we go. Is, this is better. This is, this is Barry Norman talking about movie stars. Schwarzenegger. A humorless, self-satisfied clod. Schwarzenegger is not an actor. He's a human special effect. That's not a bad impression. Mm. Not got the voice, but I've got the intonation. You've got the uppy downiness. On Elizabeth Taylor. She never seemed to take herself seriously, and there was an engaging sense of mischief. She was always urging me to call Burton Walter, because that was his middle name, and she knew he hated it. But she was also a much better actress than most people gave her credit for. Yeah. That's not a bad impression. Born covered in hair as well. Was she? Yeah. Did she have a tail? No tail, but she was a very hairy baby. One of those, you know, they got a sort of downy black hair yeah, all over. Yeah. It comes off because it's lanugo. All babies have it in the womb, but mostly it comes off and, and they eat it. And that's what forms their first poo. That's why it's black and looks like Marmite. I'm Robert De Niro. 
He got up my nose, I got up his nose. He stormed out of the room and I chased after him. We both snarled at each other and I thought I'd better let it go. He was a lot younger than me and a lot fitter than me. I could have been in trouble. This impression is incredible. Well. And the last one on Robin Williams. True. Harsh but true. He made no secret of his addiction to drugs and alcohol. But there was another addiction, which became increasingly evident in his own work. To saccharine, tooth-rotting sentimentality. Well, yeah. Patch Adams, jeez. There's, there's a scene in Patch Adams where some woman's dying of cancer or something. And so to make her laugh, I'll make you laugh. And he just puts on a red nose and looks at her. And she starts laughing, I think. Idiot. Absolute. She feels uncomfortable. Absolute idiot. Um, as you know, I'm on a diet. Well, I'm not on a Well, I am on a diet. I lost a stone in a week. That's not sustainable or healthy. Here's the thing. Everyone on Twitter went, oh, some people went, oh, that's really good. And some people went, well, that's really stupid and dangerous. You're not supposed to lose that much. Here's the thing. It, it's not real because I'm on these pills. I don't believe anything that is happening to my body. But for the first time this morning, the scales went to 14 and then went back up to 15 zero. It's the first time. And I'm just not eating. I'm mm. drinking a lot of coffee. I was, I was having some of that Huel stuff last week and then I ran out over the weekend, but I'm gonna have, I'll have some tonight when I go home and tomorrow. And then just having like a little bit of sushi or something in the evening. I know that's not particularly, it's not healthy, is it? Really? Are you hungry though? Are you spending all day, um, obsessing I'm about food? I'm starving! Oh, no, I'm not. Well then. I'm not. Um, I'm not really. Hey, hey. I bought a scooter at the weekend. I went and bought a bloody. I only went and bought a bloody scooter. I had a really expensive weekend. I took my car in for an MOT. Oh God, the drones at the the MOT place. Booked in for twelve thirty, right for an MOT. I didn't get my car till uh, twenty to five, because they because they um they phoned up and said right one of the tires has failed. Mm-hmm. The other two at the, the two at the back they're they're They'll yeah all of that. And I just went oh and I could I knew the tires were a bit rotten. I went well let's just get a full set of tires. Okay, well we've got a special deal on blah blah blah. They always do. Yeah, I said all right. Yeah, what's what's the what's what's the next one down? The next one down was only thirty quid cheaper. I went all right, put those on, fine. And so this was about half one. So then about three, I phoned them up. So I'm just checking to see if it's. Uh, I didn't know if you're going to phone me back or. She said, "Oh no, it's it, the tires are on, um, and it's it's past the MOT. Uh, so you'll it, if you come down in about fifteen minutes, we'll be ready for you." So I got there at quarter past three. She went right. Couple of problems. Oh, Jesus. She said, right, first problem is I we got the size of the wheels wrong. So we said it was fourteen inch, actually it was fifteen inch, so the tires are more expensive. This is a tire specialist. Jesus. She said the tires are more expensive by about a hundred quid. I said, oh, Right. Whoa, 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 whoa. I said, Right, well, two you can do is you can take those tires off and you can um, put on cheaper ones, please, because I'm not spending that extra hundred quid. She said, Oh, it's really tricky to do. I said, I don't Your care. Problem. I said, Don't care. Take those tires off. And what's the what's what's the cheapest ones you've got in that size? And then the fella came in and he did this, and he said, "This is really bad. I'm really sorry. I tell you what, we can do a discount, and they'll only be five pound more than you were going to pay." Like, okay, so it's two hundred and seventy quid's worth of tires, right? So suddenly I'm down. And then um, I said, "All right, I'll I'll I'll, I'll pay it, and um, and and I'll just take this. It's quarter past three. And then um, the woman said, "I can't find the um, can't find the MOT. Oh." I don't think they've assessed it again after the new tyres were on, so it hasn't got an MOT. I went, right, okay. And I was really, I was being so calm. I was like, okay, um, how long do you think we might be? She said, I don't know, it shouldn't be long. It's like this old lady, it shouldn't be long. Um, and then this, this cocky young bald man came in. 
and, and made things ten times yeah. worse. Well, um, well, you shouldn't have phoned him up to say it was ready. You, you should, said, well, well, she has, and I'm here. How long do you think we're going to be? Well, we've got two two jobs on the, the guy at the moment. I said, right, yeah. How long is this going to be? He said, I can't, well, we shut up five. I said, right. So it'll be done by then. I said, right. It's now half past three. When when do you think it might? It won't be before half past four. Um, and so I just sat there, and I, and I was really calm, right? But I gave him skunk eye. And I was sending out. I was sending out. The bristle. Out, hey, hey, hey. Everyone, everyone within a mile radius. Everyone in Slough was on a downer at about half past three. And they didn't know why. And it's because I was just sending out pure fury. And I went, right, okay. Well, this is really bad. And is, um, I'm going to say unacceptable, but I have to accept it because I'm... I'm here. Um, I'll just sit here. So I sat at the desk, didn't even go to the waiting room, sat there for 10 minutes. And then I said to the woman, can I pay now so that when it's done, I can go? She went, I can't run it through. I went, okay. And then she tried to give me some vouchers. I said, no, because I am never coming back here again. And I'm certain she said, we can give it to your friends. Uh, I said, I am never telling my friends to come here because this, and all the way I'm going. The thing is, it's not really her fault, is it? No, 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 no. And I was very calm. And I thanked her at the end. When I got my keys, I thanked her and I said, it's fine. You know, these things happen. So this is half three. Then at quarter to four, my car pulls up. Right. And I said, is my car ready? And the guy said, no, I've told you. <gasps> Whoa. He needs to check the tyres again. Otherwise, it can't pass its MOT. You're welcome to take it away, but it won't have an MOT. I went, right. So okay. now this is your fault, is it? Yeah. He said, these things happen. I said, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's for you so to say, the not car, me. <laughs> So I said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go and sit over there. So I went and sat and I was reading this book. And my car is sat there from quarter to four. And then, because I texted you saying they said it would be done by between half four and five. Then at 25, I don't know what happened because I didn't see anyone go and look at my car. Maybe they must, maybe they must have done. Because then at 25 to five, luckily I had a book with me. 25 to five, the woman says, Mr. Lee, your car is ready. And it had been sat there the whole time. And someone, I think someone went out. They must have gone out and just looked. Literally, it was a look. They put the time. And I went, thank you very much. I'm terribly sorry. But please take these vouchers. I said, no, I do not want to take the vouchers. And uh, I, uh, but the thing is, I didn't have to apologise because I didn't get angry and shout. I was no. just angry because they, they're messing me around. Um, and I don't, I, I only went there just because it's a really famous place. But I've never had anything but trouble there so 200 all in all 300 quid 30 quid for the mot 270 quid for the tires this place without giving too many clues the suggestion is that they're specialists and that they they do it rapidly they can they can fit these things very very quickly their spelling's atrocious but you know every time i've been in there they've not been able to do it that day which isn't massively quick hey yeah 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 oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number the late night alternative with me ian lee on talk radio Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Well, my youngest is too young for jumping in muddy puddles, but thank you, Peppa Pig, for your support. Yeah, we'll do it when she's old enough. Anyway, uh, expensive day. So uh, I dropped my car off the MOT, got um, a cab from Slough to Shepherd's Bush, 
and um, I went into a scooter shop because I'd seen a scooter online. I'd been emailing the proprietor for quite some time, and um, he would often reply to me. I'd email him at half past one in the morning because you know, it's when I get home and I'm awake, so I do a few emails, and he would often reply to me. And um, I walked in, and I left about half an hour later owning a scooter. I bought a scooter. I own a 125cc scooter. It's not a Vespa. It's not, um, well, the other ones, Palomino's, what are they called? Piaggio's. Mm-hmm. It is an Aprilia. And it is, I nearly swore then, it's flipping stunning. It's a big beast. It's got these big silver handlebars. It is a beast of a scooter. It's a 125cc. And, uh, and I bought it and I um, uh, got the helmet and I got the chain. And I was speaking to the gentleman. He was French. It was, um, I think it's called Central Bikes or Central Scooter. And it was a brilliant shop. And I mean, there's all these big motorbikes and these beautiful scooters. And uh, it was, it's old. It's, it's like, it's from 2000. It's done 20,000 miles. So it cost me less than a grand. But only one person's owned it. Only one careful which, owner. Which suggests to me someone's yeah. loved that. Oh, and it's, it's stunning. And, you know, and I was thinking, well, maybe I should spend a bit more and, you know, get, but the cheapest Vespa secondhand is like 1700 quid. And I might not like, it. And I thought it's under a grand and it's it's a bit scratched and it's battered so it doesn't matter if I scratch. It's lovely. Oh, it's beautiful. Also, if you decide in a few years time that you want to upgrade it, then you'll yeah. know that you're into it. Yeah, them. exactly. And um, and uh, we the guy was showing me how to, you know, I can't remember how to put the steering lock on, but anyway, we bought it, I bought it and I said to him, right, you're gonna, I don't want you to, I was so nervous, right, because I'd had that day on Thursday, was it? Thursday or Friday? Thursday uh, of, of my CBT. And uh, I said to him, right, I want you to go in. I don't. He said, "Oh, but I want to watch you ride off on this historic moment." He's a very funny man on this historic day in your life, the, the day when everything changes. I, I bet wanna... it is quite thrilling for them, you know. Yeah, of course. And I said, "Mate, I, I, I don't know." He said, "Oh, but don't." I said, and he, "So uh, he went in, right?" And I drove and he Shepherd's Bush through the window. <laughs> <laughs> of course he did. Shepherd's Bush, right? So it's 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 quite busy. Yeah, I don't know it quite well around there, but it's quite busy. So I I, I pulled off into the <laughs> into traffic for the first time on my own as a solo rider. And then I got some traffic lights and I stopped. And then I turned left. I went up the Gold Hawk Road about um, 200 yards. And then I had to pull over because I was bricking it. I was absolutely bricking it. And I'm there and I've got the helmet on and I've got my leather gloves on. And I'm going, oh, my God, what have I just done? I bought a scooter. And I've got to drive it all the way home to Windsor. Obviously, without going on a motorway, because I'm a learner. And you, know, you can go on there on a scooter, but actually, I don't want to go on a motorway on a 125, because getting up beyond 55 is going to be a struggle. And I just don't want to... Well, so, going to be a struggle, and when you took it to 50, what happened? Oh, 50, I, I, I shat myself. I'm being honest. <laughs> I totally, I totally did. And um, and I sort of knew the way back, and I was going to go up Goldhawk Gold Road, and then you go to Chiswick, and then you kind of you go along the A4. And um, and I had to... First, first job was to fill it up with petrol. £4.50... To, to fill, fill it, it up. up, and it'll do a hundred miles an hour. Uh, no, sorry, do a hundred miles on that. Hundred four pound fifty, and it. And so I filled it up, and I, and I, I, I took ages to pull out of the garage because I had to pull into traffic and all of this. This and I, and it took me two hours to ride it home, and every hour I was terrified. But what what a buzz! What a buzz. And I did. I was going about 35 for most of it. I took it up to 40 and got a bit nervous and went back down. And then I thought, well, let's see what this bad boy can do. It went up to 50 and I, I was, I was terrified and I took it right back down. And it was, but it was incredible. And I'm sat and, I, and it wasn't until the, cause I was driving it like a car. Don't mark country in a second. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. I was riding it like a car. And so not at the traffic lights. I wasn't going up to the front and mm-hmm. stuff. 
But then I got to Windsor, and there's loads of stuff going on Windsor, and it's busy, and it was a hot day. So there was a big traffic thing, big traffic, all the way from Datchet through to Windsor. Um, and I sat there for about ten minutes, I thought, oh, I don't need to be stuck in this traffic. I can drive down the centre of the road, pulling in when it is safe, and when the car is coming from the opposite direction. And I did. I went past all these cars that were stuck in traffic. I went down about 200 yards down the middle. And no one beeped me. No one shouted tosser at me out there, because that's what you do on a scooter. And it was wonderful. And then I got home, and I parked it in the garage, and then the boys came home, and and I said, guys, come and look what I've bought. And they couldn't believe that I bought a motorbike! And so they were sat on it, and we started the engine and they were terrified by the and then there's the thing and then we went in, indoors and we watched um whatever we watched the end of um, Pee Wee Herman that's what we watched and I looked over at my eldest and he sat there on a tablet with my crash helmet on just sat there with the crash and it was it was it was brilliant you know it was absolute I own a scooter and I might I might I might if the weather is nice I might ride it into work tomorrow I, and I've got nothing on on Wednesday because it would take me flipping ages to get back home but I might ride it in tomorrow don't pay congestion charge do you on a scooter i don't think so i'll, I'll double check. check i don't think you do you chose the right weekend to buy it as well yeah. glorious weather oh, man riding back it was stunning and then sunday i took it out in the morning just just to costa just so i'll get a coffee and i sat there looking at it and i thought oh, i'm done. quite jealous it's wicked i really fancy one i'll give you a backy but um not I'm, I'm not allowed to legally legally he says, but I, we'll do some we'll do some Bernies in um, Aston Car Park. Yes, exactly. Good evening, Dom. Bellboy. Sorry. Hello. Bellboy. Bell. Bellboy. I've got to get running now. Bellboy. Dum bum 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 bum. You got yourself a park yet? No, because I'm not. I'm not going to f- go in for all this mod stuff. I've bought a proper motorcycle crash helmet. He said, are "You sure you are you sure you want one of those and not one of these?" I said, "Is that the safest one?" He went, "Yeah, I'm having that. I'm having that because I'm going to fall off it at some point. I know it's going to happen. So I want that." No, I'm not doing the whole mod thing. I'm I, I'm 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 setting my own trend, Dom. You know, I've got an open face helmet. That's ridiculous. No, no, of course not, because I'm going to fall off, and my face is my fortune. I knew that was coming. Face is yeah, yeah. million dollar head. This. Well, yeah, but how people go, she's a spell on you. Yeah, that's that hurts. It's a romantic Dom. notion, but I'm laughing because I'm plotting the revenge I'm going to do on you one night. Oh, bring it on, bring it on. Everyone's singing tonight, aren't they? So I thought I'd ring up with a song. Go on, then, mate, yeah. By the greatest lyricist I ever was. So mm-hmm. join in as and when you remember. Okay. Come on, the Reds. Come on, the Blues. It's a football game. It's a football game. He scored a goal. He saved a goal. It's a football game. It's a football game. Goalkeeper in back, attacker up in front. The referee's in black. Something key is a character. There we go. Come on the red. Come on the blue. It's, it's a football game. game. I wrote that song. I wrote that song on the spot, mm. on live television, with Kate Lawler there and Dougie Anderson sat there, on live television, I came up with that. I was, this is how good I used to be, how quick I used to be. Couldn't do that now. Came up with it. And when I realised um, that... Um, it was just words coming out my mouth. Mm-hmm. But when I realised that there was a delicious moment where attacker up in front, goalkeeper in back, the ref... No, attack, goalkeeper... Whatever it was, the referee, something he is a character... Um, and I realised that was coming up. I thought, oh, I'm good. I am. Goes at the peak of my powers. Then. It's funny that when that happens, isn't it? It just just trips out. 
Yeah. Know? I, I, Do you think it comes from uh, from without or without? No, it's from, from it's me. Mm. It's all me. The genius is me. There is no muse. No, God, no, 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 no. no it's, it's it's just okay. me being me being clever and funny. And witty and and fast. I couldn't do that now. I couldn't do that now. I'm, I'm, I'm too old and tired to be that spontaneous. Mm. Um, thank you for that, Dom. That was that was um, that was a phone call. Um, oh three. We got busy show. Uh, busy week of shows this week. Who else we got on? Oh, we got we got um, house band on Wednesday. House band Wednesday. But Luke Haynes. Before that, we've got Stephen Rankin, who is the guy who nearly had his foot chewed off by a snake in Naked and Afraid. Nearly. And then we promise we'll give the Naked and Afraid stuff a rest for a bit. We'll give it a couple of weeks, but we will. But, but we will be watching it. I and almost subscribe to the Discovery Channel on Amazon Prime because because Naked and Afraid XL is on there. Here's the thing: I've signed up for Amazon Prime. If they're advertising with us, and guys, I urge you all to rush out. I haven't been on Amazon Prime for about a year. Mm. What happened to all the good programs and films? Where did they go? Where did all the good programs and films go? They've all gone. Well, go and watch American Gods. No, you watch American Gods. It will let you down in the. Where have all the good films and there's nothing on there? Is that the one that's got Lovejoy in it? Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Honestly, because there was some, used to be some good stuff on there. Absolute rubbish now. Started watching Mars Attacks with the kids. They found it too slow, and my eldest got a bit scared. Is Bill Paxton in that? I don't know who Bill Paxton is, mate. I know Michael J. Fox and Sarah Jessica Parker are in it. Oh, are they? Uh, everyone's in that one. Rod Steiger. Jack Nicholson plays two characters. Strangely. Is James Bond in it? Piers Brosnan? No, you'll think... Yeah, Br- Br- Piers Brosnan's in that. Um, I'd love... Do you know what I'd love to watch? Do you know what I'd love to watch? Back to back. Two classic films back to back. Cannonball Run, followed by The Cannonball Run 2. Oh. Back to back. Classics. Everyone's in that. Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr. In the second one, I think it's the second one, Frank Sinatra's in it. Is uh, that like Wacky Races, Cannonball Run? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Jackie Chan's in it. Sorry? Um, Burt Reynolds is in it. Mm. Um, Daisy Duke is in it. Uh, Roger Moore is in it. Mm. Um, I think that's all the people that are in it. But when, when I was a kid... Literally all the people. Cannonball Run 2 was on a lot, but they didn't really show Cannonball Run 1 that much and i'd like a i'd like a double bill of cannonball run one we just call it cannonball run um followed by cannonball we brief intermission so you can get refreshments have a wee break all that stuff um and then boom 15 minutes but we're back in for the cannonball run two with the here's the thing here's the thing though in it jackie chan it was the film that introduced jackie chan to america Jackie Chan, the karate man. It's the film that introduced Jackie Chan to America. But in it, he plays a Japanese. What? And actually, he's a Chinese. Mm. So, um... Bit... Oh, Jackie Chan. Who? Unmissable late-night radio with the original king of unconventional conversation. Make contact with Ian Lee. Late-night Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. And then you're trying to lose weight, and then you see something like this. A cafe boasts that it sells Britain's cheapest fry-up for just one quid. Ooh. What? Well, it's bad enough when you go into a cafe and you know that the ketchup isn't the original ketchup from the bottle. Look at that, though, for a quid. Well, that looks like a very shriveled sausage. Okay. Around 600 punters a week tuck into the full English breakfast, meaning the owners can still make a profit. The meal, a sausage... Rasher of bacon, poached eggs, poached egg. Poached is the I'm way starving. to go. 
stuff. Beans, tomatoes, mushrooms, mini hash browns and a slice of toast. Ooh, that's a lot. Dwarfs a £21.50 five-star hotel fry-up slammed last year by food critics. Here's the thing. If you, 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 these poncy fried breakfasts that cost over 15 quid. No. No. There's no point. There's no point. Shouldn't cost more than a fiver. No. Oh, I remember Prizzies. Oh, shh. The greasy spoon we used to go to. <laughs> Um, Giles Corrin said Brecky at the McDonald Randolph in Oxford was the worst meal he'd ever been sold. Oh. The Sun then bought similar ingredients for 68p. Spring Gardens cafe owners Heather Smith and Carl Welsh used to sell their fry up for £1.99 in Doncaster. But they slashed the price after Carl, 42, watched TV hotel guru Alex Polizzi explain how low prices can increase turnover. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mum of three, Heather, 53, said it's been a hit. Builders see it as great value for the most crucial part of the day and parents with a lot of kids can eat for next to nothing. Homeless people can get a meal each day. Doesn't take long to raise enough change to get a quid. Um, here we go. Sunman Paul Sims tried out the cafe's one-pound brekkie. Here's his verdict. I love a full English, and this was right on the money. Laid out before me was a plate of greatness. A proper belly buster. Heather and Carl have cooked up a real treat. And there's more good news. If you can scoff more, you can upgrade to two of everything for two quid. Well, hang on. No, let's just buy a second (laughs) breakfast. (laughs) You can pay twice and get more. Oh, Paul Sims, what is this? The one pound portion was quite enough for me. And my pound probably gained me a pound too. Oh. In weight. Yeah. But it's worth every penny. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I've lost, I've lost stone in a week. That can't. And you had a burger on Friday, so that means it was a chicken burger, though. Healthy. Uh, It was healthy. And we didn't didn't have chips. I didn't have chips. I had some of your kids' chips when they weren't looking, and I was poncing bits of milkshake off you guys as well. But seems that's the way forward. That seems to be the way. Forward. But you're right. You know, it's all chemical, isn't it? With that. Sorry. Those pills. All right, mate. All right, doctor. Flipping it. Well. Yeah. Tis. We're going to call up David Badcock in a couple of minutes to find out what it is he's holding. Have you had any guesses as to what he's so furious about and that sock? Yeah, mainly rude ones, if I'm honest. Mm. Lee's on the line. Good evening, Lee. Hello, Ian. How are you? I'm all right, thanks, Lee. What you got for us? Uh, I was just ringing up. Just to, I'm, I'm curious. To, um, you, you've mentioned this fuel powder a couple of times. Oh, yeah. I've just, it, is it fuel? F-U-E-L? It's not it's fuel. It's fuel. H-U-E-L. And I should just stress uh, that I, I'm not, you know, I, I, bought, I, I, I heard someone mentioning it somewhere, and so I, I bought some. I'm not an ambassador. You know, I don't want to be seen to be promoting something. I'm, I'm paying for this out of my pocket. Um, it, but there are loads of different kinds of them. There's like Slim Fast and loads of other different things where you kind of, um, you, you drink a protein shake that fills you up and gives you nutrients um, and you, then you don't you have you don't have to eat so much. Does it actually curb your appetite as well? Does it not? Like? I, well, I think all of these things do. And I'm stepping back from that one product specifically because I don't want to be seen as doing an advert because I'm not. Because um, uh, I know there are loads of different things. Uh, yeah, it, it 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 fills you up. You know, it feels. It, is it as satisfying as sitting down and having a roast dinner or a, a chip sa- chip butty? Of course it's not. No, of course it's not. Nothing could be. But there are all these different things that kind of fill you up. Yeah. Are you trying to are you trying to lose a bit of weight then, Lee? Well, I've, I mean, the past two years I've been on that uh, metazapine. Oh, mate, I, that's I, the one. That's what I'm like on. That's the one. Like a man possessed. It, it, well, you, well, that's what I'm on, and that's the thing. The thing I find right is that even if I don't eat much food, 
I, my metabolism has changed, so I, I put on weight. But also, yeah. I'm never satisfied. I'm yeah. never... I can have a big meal and still feel... If someone, you know, brought out a bag of crisps or something, I could eat it, because I don't feel full up with, on, while I'm on the metazapine. Yeah, I can eat a big plate of food and I'm stuffed for about five minutes, and then yeah. that's it, I want something else. Yeah. Do you get the mad dreams on it, Lee? I don't, to be honest. Right. As soon as I have it, you know, within about half an hour, yeah. I'm absolutely out like a light, like, and it's like being in a coma, because the next day... As soon as I wake up, you know, I remember nothing. I, because I get, I get, um, I get a lot of anxiety dreams on it. Uh, And every night, every night. The one the other night, my mum was an evil lesbian. Who was out to, um, to ruin my life. It was, it was incredible. Uh, Yeah. uh, 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 Are you, you, you're doing a, are you a driver, Lee? I am, yeah, I'm a taxi driver. Le- and le- that's b- being in the car is lethal because I don't know about you, but I, 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 I'm, I'm trying to avoid it, and this is why I want to use a scooter a bit. If I'm driving home, I'll stop off in a petrol station and I'll buy a load of sweeties and snacks and ginsters and stuff. Well, I don't plan to, but when no. you're there and you're kind of buying your fuel yeah. and you're looking at all these shiny stuff and the wrappers, you think, well, I'll, I'll grab some of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and you, you just think, and you think, oh, I've been good, I've been good all day, I'll buy myself a big bar of chocolate and a packet of crisps. Yeah. It's and nuts. then eat a lot. Yeah, and then you think, then, I don't know if you're like me, then you hate yourself afterwards. Yeah, that's it, yeah. But how's the metazapine going? Is it is it doing the job it's meant to do? Well, it is, yeah. It, it works quite well from your anxiety. But, yeah. You know, it's just the side effect of the weight gain. You've got to balance whether... It's a weird thing. It's a weird thing, because I take it because of the anxiety and the self-loathing, and then I, it works for that, but then I put on the weight and I hate myself even more and feel anxious. Yeah. It's strange, man. We're, we're, we're strange creatures. Uh, Lee, listen, yeah, have, have, have a look online for, for, you know, the various things that I've kind of mentioned, and, and, and uh, there is no, there is no, um, easy fix, there is, you know, and, and what works for me might not work for you, but, you know, I'm having a little bit of success at the moment. Uh-huh. Nice oh, one, Lee, take care, man. Right, cheers, man. Thank you, mate, bye-bye. bye-bye. Um, right, okay, we've been, um, um, having a bit of fun this evening, um, we posted a picture of, um, uh, resident spook. And um, uh, Bender, like a sort of mind bender, mm-hmm. David Badcock. He was holding something in a sock. We are going to go to David Badcock now. Good evening, David. This is very late. No, oh, you started this competition. Right. Um, let's see what some of the suggestions are. I mean, I think you can probably guess, David. A truncheon, says Julia. No. Um, a dildo, oh, says yeah. Eddie. No. A bald cactus, says Budgie. That's a bit daft. Mm-hmm. No. Budgie also sent another rude one, but we've said that word already. It, uh, Rob says, is it a baby elephant's trunk? How, how on earth? Mate, I'm just... I'm Please, I'm just reading out the suggestions for your stupid game. No. OK, David, well, we give up. Um... What is it you're holding in your sock, and why are you so distressed? Uh, it's a can of deodorant, and I'm distressed because I don't trust aerosols. Can I dedicate some... Hello? And I can't explain... 
But there's something about Catherine, the way Catherine looks tonight. Takes my breath away. It's that feeling I get down inside you every time. Hello. Good night. That feeling I get inside you every time. Is that what he sang? I don't know why he has to bring me into it. <laughs> every time. Ay, 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 ay. Hey, tomorrow on the show, um, I, I don't know much about Newcastle. Say, last time I was there, I was 17, and I was um, we went um, joyriding in Jimmy Nail's car. That's a true story. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was doing um, handbrake turns in his um, in his car I've on a never, gravel pit. I've never been to Newcastle, but I once went out with a lot of um, Geordie girls, two of which were dressed up as the Metro. The what? The Metro. What's that? The Metro. Oh. It's the uh, public. public um, so um, tomorrow we'll discuss Newcastle. Transport and system. We'll, we'll maybe we'll phone some people up in Newcastle. Just random people in Newcastle. You call it Newcastle. Okay, fine. Well, you uh, call it that, otherwise they won't know what you're talking all right, about. All right, mate. Well, I tell you what, when I go to Paris in Francais, mm-hmm. yeah. um, that's what it's French is, Fran- Le Francais. Yeah, but you don't go to fr- in French, do you? Of course you well, no, you go in the, in the Eurostar. Oh, man. Or a ferry, go in a ferry, but you go to La France. Do they do hovercrafts anymore? Is that old-fashioned? Um, now, here's the thing. Um, we talked about this before, and I don't think they do do hovercrafts anymore. Because hovercrafts, have you ever been on one? Yeah. Flipping it, it's I've noisy. I've driven one. What? No. A, Not a big one. Yeah, a, bit, so I'm talking a little about, one. Yeah, no, I'm talking about, I'm talking about a full-size... Same principle, man. No, yeah, but have you ever been I a... I don't pa- think they have to lean towards Have side. you ever been a passenger on a full-size hovercraft? Yeah, I think I have. It is Deafening. Literally, mm-hmm. it's about it's 45 minutes of... It's a bit like working with you. Ha, ha, ha. My name's Catherine Boyle and I'm an idiot. Um, you would still be at BBC Three Counties Radio licking the boots of yeah, Sir Tony I'd Hall. A, I'd still have a pension. Well, that's that's by the by. I've got a pension, private. Oh, I haven't paid into it for the last um, 18 months because, you know, things are a bit hard. On the boulevard. Um, uh, so that's... So tomorrow... Tomorrow we this is what we'll do. Tomorrow, yeah, we're really gonna get to know Newcastle. Mm. We're gonna get in there with all of the uh, this overgrowth and all of these plants, and we're really gonna get in there and find out what makes Newcastle tick. Uh, my name is David Bellamy. Is David Bellamy doing a voice? Yeah, doing David Bellamy's voice. All right, yeah. Is he? He's still alive. Yes. Let's get David Bellamy on the show. Okay. You say, you say as I've asked you to do something that's outside of your job remit, when in fact oh. I haven't. I've asked you to do something that's actually within your job remit. I know, but still. Get me David Bellamy. I want Michael Aspel uh, followed by David Bellamy. Oh, David Bellamy. Don't do the voice to him, though, because I bet he won't like it. When is Robbie Vincent coming on? Well, it, things are a little bit tricky for him at the moment, but he does have the intention of joining us at some point. You're saying he's fobbed us off? No, I'm saying he's told me he's up to his eyes in it and he will come on. In what? It. Uh-oh. Dear listener, I feel that we have given you all we can give this evening. And maybe we stopped giving you all we could give about 15 minutes ago. It doesn't matter. Uh, I have thoroughly enjoyed myself. 
Uh, don't forget, you can uh, download podcasts of this show. And we are still eking out the uh, New York shows on podcast. Um, you can get them on iTunes or you can get them on your usual podcast provider. You can listen to the full show again if you go to talkradio.co.uk. And if you wish to um, contact me with um, top secret information, you can send me an email, ian at com. Although I'm going to be honest with you, the odds are I will not reply simply because I'm just not very good at replying at emails. But But, but trust me, I will look at it. That's it. That's your lot. We're back tonight at 10 o'clock. Until then, from us, I'll be yours.